5: T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R.
4: Terms and conditions apply.
3: So with old man Andreas out of town, this is something I usually do around these holiday seasons. If you guys are new listeners or just never caught one of these episodes, here for a treat. Today we have the fan appreciation episode of the Corner Podcast. This is either number three or four for us. Um, this is when... We have you guys, the listeners, call in and chop it up with me about your favorite topics, whether it's hip hop, you know, uh, pop culture, Twitter, combat sports like WWE, UFC, boxing, whatever you guys want, you guys call in and talk to us about it. We have the biggest fan appreciation show on deck for today. 12 guests here calling in, all gonna be fun, all bringing something different. So, with no further ado, my boy, Devin McKenzie. Devin, waking up early to get on the Fan Appreciation episode. My man, thanks for stopping through.
5: I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man.
3: Anytime. This is a role reversal, because I always talk to you on your show. Yeah,
5: man. I had you on uh, my podcast, All Stake No Sizzle, in what late 2016, man. So, I appreciate
3: yeah. it. Yeah, man. So, a nice little role reversal. So, uh now we're on here talking everything. I I assume, you know off the bat I was like you know what, let, let me talk to Devin about some wrestling because that that's what we do. We're wrestling people. Um, yes, sir. But you know what, UFC is coming up here in two weeks, and I wanted to talk to you first about the return of John Bones Jones, uh, what should be the baddest man on the planet. Inside you the heard? octagon and outside the octagon. This this how John rolls, right? It, it, it <laughs> ain't a party until there's a little cocaine and some strippers around. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bones is coming back. We'll, we'll see if it's the same old Bones. No warm-up fight. Straight for Gus, who's his toughest opponent. E- even right. tougher stylistically than DC was for him to date. So five-round matchup with him and Gus. Now Jones gets thrown back in the mix, right? He gets thrown back in the top pound for pound mix he gets thrown back in uh the light heavyweight rankings he might get ranked in the heavyweight division um if he declares that he's going to go up there sooner or later right everything that happened all the layoff where do you, where are you ranking john jones and, and you gotta take everything into account steroid you know popping for a test the dick pills right. all that stuff
5: so are we talking right now or are we talking all
3: time Give me, ranking. give me where you would rank him right now off the shelf. Like, off of the suspension, where should he rank? I think they ranked him second in the division. Um, or he might be first, right under Cormier. Pound for pound, I'm not even sure if he's in that yet. Um, where would you rank him coming straight back? And then we'll get into, like, okay, cool, where does he rank all time?
5: I mean, coming coming back, I think you, you kind of have to rank him, number one, because... I mean, the guy to me has never lost a fight in that division. I mean, I don't really count the, the Hamill fight. That that was a win. If you if you watch that fight, you know who won that fight. But I mean, I think you have to rank him number one. He beat Cormier. <clears throat> Excuse me. He beat Cormier even though it didn't count because of, you know, all his shenanigans. But I think coming back you, you have to you have to rank him number one.
3: Yeah, so you obviously can't, they can't, in their ranking system, put him over Cormier because Cormier um, is the champion still until we get right. the winner of this next fight. So exactly. he has to be under Cormier. But if you can just switch around and go, let's go for the pound for pound list because that doesn't really matter. Where do you put him pound for pound rankings? Is he above Cormier? The The champ champ is sitting at one. Should John Jones go right to number one? Figuring he has two wins against the champ chat. I, I
5: think so. I think pound for pound, not only is he the best fighter right now, I think he's the best fighter of all time. I would probably put Cormier number two on that list simply because of the fact that he can't beat John Jones. <laughs>
3: that's, <laughs> I mean, that's real. Yeah. I feel like you beat everyone else, but you can't beat John. You, you kind of deserve the second spot.
5: He literally had Daniel Cormier crying after a fight, man. You can't really be ranked above that guy when you're uh, <laughs> sitting there crying after a fight like that, man.
3: He's an emotional man. He, he wears it all on his sleeve. <laughs> Don't judge the man for crying, You know, a couple, couple tears. He has one of the ugliest cry faces in the history of crying. <laughs> it,
5: it's right up there with your boy Jordan, man. It's getting up
3: there. Yeah, it, yeah we need a meme Cormier. Um Nah, yeah. So USC just pulled up their rankings. Has John Jones at three, right now, really? ahead of Max Holloway, and behind only Cormier and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Hmm.
5: I didn't think about Khabib.
3: And they're pound for pound. I mean, K- I mean, Khabib beat Connor handedly, so Khabib deserves that one. Connor's still at eight, which is justified. Because I, I still think Connor and people lose track of this. I think Connor beats everyone who's not Khabib. I love Max Holloway, you know, Tony Ferguson. But if you can't have elite wrestling to put his on, put him on the ground, you ain't trading hands with Connor. Right. So I think but he beats I, everyone else. I don't, I think I would still put
5: John, maybe John Jones number, still number one, I'll put Cormier two and I'll probably put Khabib three.
3: That's fair. I mean, Khabib isn't a champ champ. And now it seems and like plus, everybody is, even though he beat one.
5: And, and plus, I think now, after this counterfight, Khabib is just now starting to put some names under his belt. You look at Cormier and you look at John Jones. They have names. They got the Anderson Silva victories. They got Shogun. They got Machida. They got victories over some big names. Stipe,
3: um, greatest heavy, Stipe. You know, Outside of Kane, yeah. him and Kane are the best heavyweights in UFC history. Daniel, you know, took out one. He can't fight the other. Right.
5: So I think Khabib needs to he needs to take down some more of the the names to, in order, not just for the ranking, I think for a public perception to be in that top three to be the number one or number two guy, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean naturally he'll probably move up to number one because Cormier is gonna retire in March um, after He's he like, catches out on this Lesnar fight.
5: Yeah, he'll be on Fox doing commentary for WWE.
3: Dang, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> we get to see the the Dad of UFC on air, I love it. Um, <laughs> Max Holloway called him the daddest man on the planet. It is the best <laughs> nickname. Uh, yeah, so so Cormier's up there. Where do you rank John? You, you said John Jones still the best fighter of all time in your mind. Suspension, no suspension, everything out there. You still got John Jones number
5: one, hands down. And and that's that's what I wanted to ask you about on um uh, on my podcast. Me and my co-host Kyle, we had this big debate uh, after. Cormier beat Stipe for the championship. He was like, where is, you know, Cormier number one? Is he number one overall? And he was saying, basically, if John Jones had not, you know, done the steroids and everything like that, not been popped for cocaine, he would have John Jones number one overall. But he ranked him number five on his list. I'm like, well, if you got him in your top five, but you say he can't be number one because of all the stuff that he's done, why can't you make him number one? That was like the whole debate that me and him had. And I'm saying if you gonna rank this guy at all, you have to rank him number one because his resume speaks for itself. He hasn't he's not lost a fight. The closest fight that he's had was against uh Alexander Gusterson. And in a couple of weeks, we're gonna see if he can uh, wash him.
3: Or yeah. if he can make a more defend a victory. I don't think Gus is the is the same Gus we saw in that fight. Gus has been through some stuff since then. That that Rumble yeah. Johnson knockout. Um, Stood toe-to-toe with Cormier and looked good, but Cormier still, I I thought Cormier handled him better than John did.
5: I agree. Definitely agree.
3: Even in that fight. Um, Man, if we're going straight rankings on, you know, who beat who and I say this all the time and it's, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I mean it, then we gotta rank Cocaine number one. Exactly. John Jones number two under Cocaine. And that's easy. Cocaine is undefeated over John Jones. And then we can start ranking everyone else <laughs> underneath that. Um, I mean <laughs> honestly the guy beat himself. So I, I can I, see I how Cormier even all time now, and right? we're talking all time resumes, and I understand John Jones is the wonder kid, he hasn't lost a fight, he beat Cormier, right? Right. And head to head means something. But when you just look at resumes, all time skills, the the perseverance, of coming back, the clean record. Because once you pop, I, I don't care. You put something tainted in your body. At best case scenario, you're an idiot. True. <laughs> at, at worst case scenario, you're a cheater. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's weird. I I think I may rank Cormier, especially UFC. Uh, people, you know, still, you know, ring the bell for Fedor and right. they have a point and some of the guys who competed um early two thousands. Uh so that in the Pride and it was a whole different rules back to Pride, Strike Force, the, those guys had runs that were incredible. Um, Cormier is not gonna have that huge fall off because he knows when the hell to get out. Right. His exactly. two losses to John, one loss, one no disc you know, uh no contest. Now, no contest. Yep. I, I think I'll go with Cormier as the best ever, just because, really? to, to hold the belt at lightweight, beating Rumble Johnson twice, beating Gustafson, beating Anderson Silva, right? Those those are amazing. Like, like heavyweights. Silva, I think, only had one fight prior to that. That heavy, but still, right. I'm counting him in this. Uh, the names at light heavyweight, um, Dan Henderson, is on the resume. True. The, the light heavyweight resume is stiff, and John has an amazing light heavyweight resume too. John does not have the heavyweight resume. He doesn't have former champion not Frank Mir on the resume. He doesn't yet. yet. So, so today, greatest of all time, Stevie, greatest heavyweight in UFC history. Boom, he's on the resume. Oh, you want to throw, you know, a heavy-handed puncher? Cool, I take him out. And he has uh, the Black Beast on the resume. You go back to the Strike Force, Heavyweight Grand Prix. Those names he wrapped up. Definitely, definitely. Cormier undefeated at heavyweight is what separates him from John Jones. He is a champ champ. John Jones isn't. He's not a champ champ like Conor was a champ champ. Where you beat one guy, Eddie Alvarez is great, but you beat one guy, never defend the belt, right? Cormier has defenses in both divisions. He has over, I, and I, I have to look at his state, he has eight fights in each. Over eight fights at light heavy and over eight fights at heavyweight. That's amazing. And the only person he's lost to is John Jones. So so when you go there, knocking out Stephen Stipe it's not taking him in the distance, knocking him smooth out, finishing a guy like Which, the Black which I, Beast. I
5: didn't see, by the way. <laughs> I did not see that one coming.
3: You, no, it, it's just trading hands. He's more than wrestling it. Daniel Cormier is the best MMA fighter of all time. And I think and and he lost to the second best, which is crazy to say, but he's the best of all time. He's dominated outside of one person dominated two divisions. John has dominated one,
5: but okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. He, he he only dominated one division, but if you look at the, the talent that he beat, in his run, he's beaten Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers. He's taken out guys like uh, Ryan Bader, Shogun, who are Rampage Jackson, uh, Machida, Rashad Evans, uh, Vitor Belfort, uh, Gustafson, who he's gonna fight again, and Cormier twice. So yeah, he, he hasn't done it in two divisions yet, which I think that's coming up in the next few years. But if you look at the names that he's taken care of in that light heavyweight division, there's nobody in that division that can touch him. That 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 he, he wiped out the whole division pretty much.
3: Is there anyone in the heavyweight division that can touch Cormier?
5: Kane.
3: They're never gonna fight. So I mean That's like yeah, I mean, you <laughs> pulled, pulled up a best friend. <laughs> Next. Like they there argue, I can argue that Cormier did to heavyweight what John Jones did to light heavy that there's not one heavyweight fighter in the world that can stop Daniel Cormier. And Daniel has all the utmost respect for Cain Velasquez and says all the time Cain whips his ass around the gym and he credits him to the training and Cain's the better fighter and he's Cain's right. the greatest heavyweight of all time. No, Cormier's the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's just very, very humble. And if he had to put the paws on Cain Velasquez, who's often injured, who hasn't fought in God knows how long, I'm putting my right. money on Cormier. We'll just never get to see it.
5: True. Well, I guess I guess when you when you look at the cases of both of us made, you have to like basically come down
3: to head to head matchup and head to head, John now, Jones beat him twice. It comes down to two divisions. If John Jones is the king of one, Cormier included underneath him, Cormier is the king of another. Except he holds the second belt in, in two classes. No one at heavyweights beating Cormier. If I go down the list, Roy Nelson, Frank Meir, Josh Barnett, uh, Antonio Silva. These are big True. ass dudes. Like he, he's one run through them, KO'd a Bigfoot Silva.
5: True, but I just think that when it when it comes down to it, yeah, the resumes on both sides are great. But the one guy that Cormier could not beat is the guy that we're arguing about, John Jones. So I think. Based on that, John Jones wins it.
3: I listen. Some, <laughs> some some people some people got one over on Ali. They ain't better than him.
5: But but to do it twice, ugh. and then and then that division that you were the second you got your championship in in the light heavyweight division. Basically, the whole time you've been the champion, everybody said, "Oh, that's really John
3: Jones' belt." Well, I mean, John Jones vacated that by hitting a woman with his car. That <laughs> like, it just, so, and, you, you deal the cards so, that you're, you play the cards that you're dealt, and he beats everyone else not named John Jones, but at multiple weights. To me, it's like, look at Demetrius Johnson, right? Right. He couldn't beat one person. Like, if he went up to 135, and Mighty Mouse just ran into a, a buzzsaw, um... At one thirty five. I don't know why I'm blanking on his he just got hurt too and pulled out of a card. Um, what about Dominic Cruz? Dominic Cruz, thank you. So yeah, yeah. he just beat he just couldn't beat Dominic Cruz. I think Mighty Mouse beats a lot of other people in one thirty five. If it wasn't for Dominic Cruz, I think Mighty Mouse could have been a champion at one thirty-five. So he's dominant in one whole division and can't beat one guy in the next one. Mighty Mouse was in the greatest fighter of all time conversation. Anderson well, Silva. wouldn't
5: say that, but okay.
3: <laughs> I mean, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, they let, him, they let him walk for Ben Askren and exactly. his bag of beans. But, exactly. And, and then you look for, you know, th- the same thing. Anderson Silva, dominant in one weight class. Tried his hand at light heavy every now and then. Was really good. But he wasn't as good as Cormier is at heavy. Or as Cormier is in light heavyweight, that that's the difference. Like when when you are undoubtedly the second best person in a weight class, and that's your second weight class, you're good. Like that's he's like yo, this ain't even my main weight class, my man. The only the only reason I ain't wrecking all these people in my main weight class is because my best friend is there. This is my he got the question. Devin Cormier has the the, the hot ass wife and the bad side chick.
4: <laughs>
3: that that's what he is in UFC. Like heavyweight's his wife, but he like right. yo yo I I'm gonna be gone till September. Like he like yo hold on I got I gotta put you on the self wifey I gotta travel. He, he, he going around he got the side chick that's light heavy, and, and is his side chick, you know a ten? No, John Jones got the ten. His side right. chick's a damn good nine. No, no one else who's done the side chick game in the UFC is better than a five. Like everyone's slumming it with the random chick you pick up at a bar. <laughs> Cormier got the prime IG Doctor Miami body chick as his side chick. So oh yeah, it's Cormier. Like the, the
5: Tiger was a pancake house waitress. That's no
3: listen. <laughs> Cormier didn't go slum it up when he left. He's like, no, my listen, the main chick is still strong. Right now, I come back to heavyweight whenever I want and dominate. Let me see what this side chick about. And he, he, that's it. His second best division, he's the second best guy. His best so, division, me, which he's proved, me, he's me, dominant. So let me ask this question. If John
5: Jones, well, when John Jones moves up to heavyweight, let's say they, they set up a third fight between John Jones and Cormier. Sure. Do you think that that weight difference is going to be that much of a difference in the fight between Cormier and Jones?
3: Um... No, I, I think John John just puts on more muscle, but he still has that lanky frame. Not like John John's gonna look how John looks. Like he's never gonna look like his brothers. Like he's not gonna move up to heavyweight and be Chandler's size.
5: Wait, so so would would John Jones lose to Cormier at heavyweight?
3: No, 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 no. John Jones is never losing to Cormier. Like it's just not <laughs> it's not happening. So how
5: can you, wait? So how can you say that he's because better
3: than- the resumes. And I understand head to head counts a good amount. It really does. But if you look at the overall resume of a mixed martial artist and being able to dominate one division, step into another, and come in second, is better than someone just dominating one division and never trying another division. Does that make sense? Like if if no, I, 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 I if I'm playing I, basketball. And I'm winning NBA championship after NBA championship, right? Right. And then one year I wake up and say, you know what? The hell with this. I'm going to the NFL too. And I take my talents to the NFL and I go to the Super Bowl and lose. Damn right I'm going to say I'm a better all-around athlete than Tom Brady who went to that Super Bowl and won. I see your point.
5: I definitely see your point. But... Uh, even you said if if John Jones was to move up to heavyweight, he still beats Cormier. Yeah,
3: and in a hypothetical, if, if John <laughs> hypothetical if, if John Jones wasn't on the booger sugar, he'd be you know, he'd be on an 11-year winning streak. Like I mean, it it is what it is. It's all hypotheticals at that point. Like John, John's biggest True. biggest opponent is sobriety, and I don't think he beats him. I, I think now it's a mental crutch. and I think John. Will forever need that assurance of you know what the pressure is a lot, and um, we're at the twenty minute mark so we'll wrap up here. Damn, we just talked all UFC which is great, Um Man. But I think, and you know the stigma around weed and all this shit is slowly going away. I don't even smoke weed, but I mean I know a lot of people that do, and right. Me too. I, I, I don't find a negative aspect in it. And in sports, I I think the stigma has to start going away because you do see guys turn to these antidepressants, to these muscle relaxers, um, to other drugs, stimulants, maybe like cocaine or something else, um, when they could really just use weed. And a lot of it is because of social anxiety and the pressures of being a professional athlete and stepping out there. And uh, I listened a lot to Josh Gordon when he was going through his shit and he was very open about it. It, you know, these people smoke weed before games, before fights, all this shit from, you know, freshman year of high school all the way through. And then they're a pro for four years, get popped for a test. And you're saying you can't smoke weed anymore. It's like, this is how I did that. This this is how I got here. Because the Baby. pressures of it are too much. The anxiety of it is too much. And this is the only thing that keeps me balanced. I, I think that's where John Jones is. More than an, a quote-unquote addict he doesn't even want to call himself that he's dependent on that to lessen the pressure because the social anxiety of it i think is too much for him
5: (laughs) great great example of that i was just listening to a podcast about the aaron hernandez his whole story and same thing with him smoke smoke weed pretty much before every single game to you know calm himself down and you see when they stopped him from you know using that you see how that turned out so i definitely see your point on that but, yeah, cocaine and dick pills basically took out your boy John Jones' resume, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: so we'll see, though. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, if he puts some work with Gus and, and something happens with the Cormier fight and Lesnar can't go, maybe we get that rematch. So uh, it, it's still all up in the air. You never know with, with Dana and trying to sell these pay-per-views. You never know how much money he throws on the table to get some wild shit done. Yeah, I'm,
5: I'm looking forward to it, man, definitely.
3: Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, man. First guest on the Fan Appreciation episode this week. Uh, plug all your stuff before you get out of here.
5: Oh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DevinThe63. That's devinthe 63 You can find me on Instagram at All Stake, No Sizzle. That's one word. Uh, check out my two podcasts, All Stake, No Sizzle, and uh, Knockouts and Three Counts. You can find all of that on uh, my social media. So thanks a lot, man, for having me on.
3: Anytime, man. I appreciate it. Um we're rolling right into the next guest. So next up, Captain Hype on Twitter. Really it's Chris, but you know what we call him the captain today. Captain, what up? Thanks for joining us. You're in the building.
6: What's going on, Cal? In the building, man. I'm I'm here to make sure, you know, the podcast is held down, the undisputed unclaimed president of the the corner club. So, you know, we're here, man. Thank you. I'm very honored to be on the show today.
3: Man, it is great to have you on here and chop it up. I feel like we talk every day on Twitter. Like we talk all the time, so it's great to have you on the show, and we get to do it on the mic. You know, put it on wax. I, I look at your Twitter, and you and your girl are like Twitter goals. You want hashtag Twitter goals? Is, <laughs> is is you guys? And just man, y'all y'all got the whole oh you my bae. no you my bae. Oh, I miss you. Joy going on on Twitter every day. It's the <laughs> it's the coolest thing to see. Um, Y'all got like the the matching Twitter names. She got the hype in hers. It, it's so fire.
6: She does. She does, man. Um, it's thanks. It's interesting you say that. Like I, I never thought I would be that guy. You know, on social media, like you know, interacting with you know my my girlfriend, my fiance, and and really talking about I don't know, just like regular stuff. But then exactly like always claiming each other. Oh, this is my bay. It's you you know, Women Crush Wednesday or Man Crush Monday, whatever she wants to do as well, too. I never thought I would be that guy. So to actually see me be that way now is just, it's funny to me. It's just, it life's a, a perspective.
3: Welcome to the club. Like, so Andreas makes fun of me all the time. Because, I mean, everyone who listens to this knows uh, Dre says nothing. Like, he, he divulges nothing <laughs> unless I pry it out of him. And uh, I tell everything. And he has to tell me, like, yo, you're wilding right now. Right. So, uh, But that's just, you know, that's where I've kind of always come from. Like, mm. I, I was way too into Joe Budden TV. Okay. When that shit was hot, like, with him and Tahiri. And I always thought, like, in my mind, like, that's the dopest shit is to have just unfiltered content about your life. Yeah. And when you put it out there, it, it seems like no one can tell you anything about your life if you're the one putting it out there and controlling the narrative. And to me and being open on this podcast and being uh, like completely transparent helps so much in my relationship mm. because um, it will, I mean, listeners damn near know, but we'll dive into it for the new people. Um, I've been through everything on this podcast. So like starting with my fiance and getting with her. So we got together three weeks before we started this show. Wow. Or no, this show started three weeks before me and her got together. Okay. So we were at Insert Coins in downtown Las Vegas.
6: Oh my gosh, I love that
3: place. And I invited her like in to watch our show and all that stuff. So um, I don't even think she made it down there to watch the show yet. We were brand new when the show had started. Um, So we've kind of grown throughout the length of the show. But people here, I mean, people seen me when. I had to come on the show one week and be like, yo, I didn't do the show last week. I hardly ever take shows off. Right. But I was like, yo, I, I can't do it. Like, you know, my girl left me. I was wilding <laughs> out. I was like, yeah, like, I'll I'll be sick. I'll be right. injured. I couldn't do a show after my girl left. So that shit was, like, wild. And then they they saw the, the comeback, like any good yeah. wrestling story. Exactly. You know, I, I was down for the three count real quick. But I came back in time for Mania have my mania
6: moment. That's what's up. I mean, but for real, though, when you think about it, right, like I think about how much you've opened up talking about relationship on the podcast. And I think in today's day and age, I think that it's it's comfortable. You have to learn to become comfortable being like that because you're right. I think it just enhances your relationship, especially on social media. Like think about how negative people talk about relationships all the time. And so I, you know, me and her were like, let's just be positive. You know, let's support each other. Let's love each other. And for me, like what I've tried to share with my boys, it's like, you know, you all have known me, you know, for a while and I've never been like this. It's because like I'm actually in love, like 100 percent in love, invested, um, really focused on just communicating with this woman, building our relationship, building a family together, and you know, it's tough. I mean, you have good days, you have bad days, but like you know, kinda like you guys talked about it oh, I'm on the podcast before, just you guys as a man, you just hit that moment where you're just like, you know what? Cheating is whack. I you know, it's played out. You no, know, that wanna, shit is whack though. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like it's whack. I wanna I want to be in a in a really full committed relationship where I'm honest with that other person and uh I mean, luckily for me in my life, this has been the best case scenario for that. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, we have fights like every other couple. We, we argue like every other couple. It's funny, like we had an argument this morning, but it doesn't change the fact that I don't love her or support her, you know? I just, it's wild to me because I feel like nowadays, the moment anyone hits any kind of roadblock in a relationship, that's like the, the go-to move. It's like, oh, I got to cheat or oh, I got to find somebody else.
3: Yeah, we call that the offset. <laughs> right now, y'all won, y'all won. <laughs> y'all listen, I can't even be mad at dude. I was in my mood. I remember going to Twitter and just being like, "Fuck it," like I I hate women. Yeah, like, you oh, guys yeah. ruin everything.
6: Oh, oh, uh, you know, we got in an argument the other day, right? And I said, you know what's so crazy? I swear that women, it's like it's never enough. Like you say yes to one thing, and they're like, oh. So that means he'll say yes to something else. Like it starts out with something so small, like like I give you an example. Tomorrow we're taking our girls um, to Santa for pictures, and that's how it started out. Like hey, on Saturday can we go to see pictures with Santa? Right? I'm like yeah, okay, cool, no problem. Then it came into I invited your mom, and we're bringing your niece. Then oh, it came yeah, to you, you
3: got set up for the okey doke,
6: right? <laughs> then it, then it came to matching dresses. So now that all the girls have matching dresses with, and she bought like the ultimate package with Santa, like personal time with Santa, professional <laughs> photos, cookies and milk.
3: So
6: oh, the girls are for Santa,
3: like yo, we ain't here to feed Santa. <laughs> exactly. like, it, like I better be getting some cookies and milk too. Exactly. I, that,
6: like right, and so it's like that's such a female event, right? But as the male, as the man of the household, you're being required your attendance is required to be there. Your participation is required to be there. Like, I feel like for guys, we're going to stand in line, we're going to set it up, you get the picture of Santa, and then we're out. Like, it's over and done with within an hour. But this is going to be an all-day event. Girl, oh, yeah. Literally no, you're
3: you're going to be walking around. At, at least we got TLC this weekend. Like, you're, you'll you, yeah. you you'll be Hope, yeah. all right. But, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's going to be your unwinding moment. Because, yeah, now you're in for it with the with the Santa Claus joint. But it is cool to see you guys. Listen, was she into wrestling before you? See, that's the key. No, she was not. So she was you got, not into you, wrestling see, at all. See, my fiance, Elena, she wasn't into it either. Um, And, like, she, she wasn't. And then we got together, and I had the show. And then I remember some of our first dates because our schedules are just crazy. I was riding from home, but her mm-hmm. work schedule was bananas. And uh, you know she had her daughter, and just between everything she was doing, um, it was just so wild for us to meet up that we would have to literally hang out from like 9 p.m. through like 1 a.m. So I remember just like hanging out and putting on NXT, and it was mm-hmm. like when Tyler Breeze and Finn Balor. So like she watched like Kevin Owens, she watched all of these people with me, oh, and wow. she was like, "Oh, what is it?" So. That's what really got her into it, and then, like, occasionally she'll watch Raw with me, and then we started watching all the pay-per-views, That she'd bring over food, and then next thing you know, we're at Mania every year. So it, That's what's it, up, man. Yeah, it, it just grew like that, but they, the sneaky thing is about them, they will compromise yes. without us asking. But then only so they could come back and ask us to do some wild shit and be like, what do you mean? Like, I just do this for you. Like, yeah, but I didn't have to ask you to do it for me. Like, But now, like, yeah, we're completely obligated to be like, yeah, man, I'm going to go chill with Santa all day. Like, I could just be here watching, like, football or just relaxing, but no, no, I got to do this. So uh, Exactly. No, that's that's crazy. I love that she has all the merch with you, too.
6: Listen, so she really invested in bald head. It is so crazy you mentioned NXT because she would watch Raw sometimes, right, in SmackDown, but NXT really got her invested. And I will never forget laying in bed Saturday night. It was TakeOver. It was DIY versus AOP, right, in the ladder match. Yeah. And when Ciampa turned on Gargano, her mouth dropped. She almost cried. She tweeted Ciampa. <laughs> and she was like, I cannot believe he would do that to his best friend. And I couldn't believe how emotional she got, right? So then, I got to tell this quick story. So then we go to NXT TakeOver Philly. And you know Gargano has a championship match versus Cian Almas. Mm-hmm. So we're there. We have great seats. And we're literally three rows behind Candice LeRae, who is Johnny Gargano's wife. And my girl got so drunk and was cheering for C.N. Almas so much because, you know, she's Hispanic, he's Hispanic. She wanted to be a Hispanic champion. So she's, like, yelling, screaming, booing Johnny Gargano, like, cussing him <laughs> out. And I'm like, yo, chill out. Candice LeRae is right there, you know? Like, like right there. And so while the, all this pandemonium's going on, of course he lost. When Champa comes out and, like, nails him with, with the uh, crutch, she was like uh, again, just overly emotional. I cannot wait till Gargano gets his revenge, and she's invested. It's it's amazing. Like she is fully into NXT. Like she she always wants to know what's going on. She always wants to know, you know, when's the next takeover, but she hates the main roster. She's not she's not a fan of the main roster at all. Like she loves Oscar uh, when she went on her run in NXT as well, but uh, not um, a, not a fan of the main roster.
3: Not many people are nowadays. Like uh, I I don't know. We'll watch. We had a blast going to Survivor Series, um, and coming up in Phoenix, we'll be at Takeover and Rumble. Rumble's like Elena's favorite pay per view, though. Oh, wow! Uh, yeah. yeah, she totally loves was, like the surprises time. and like who's coming out next, and yeah. the eliminations, and everyone gets an entrance. Like we're we're all if she loves Rumble way more than Mania.
6: Yeah, and yeah. I like it too. I
3: like the pacing better. Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, uh,
6: everyone gets some shine.
3: Yeah, so it, it's cool. So we're gonna go to that in Phoenix, and so we're gonna have a ball. But NXT is really what started us like along this trek. So it's crazy to see. That seems to be like a lot of people's stories. Like, no, like I would, oh I didn't like wrestling, but I started watching NXT, and then naturally you gotta follow these people, and yep. they'll be pissed off at Vince of what he does when he oh. finally gets his hands on these people. <laughs> so that's that's crazy. Um, relationship wise, though, kicking it back to the relationship part of this. I feel like we have a ton in common because, as great and appreciative and everything as we are now to have the women we have, we both speak somewhat openly on social media, and you definitely comment on my social media when I talk about it, of past relationships going left. Oh, yeah. To make it so this happens. Yeah. So, yeah. you and your fiance now have kids, but separately?
6: Yes, yes. Yeah. So from Okay, so you guys are from, like us. Yeah, so both from previous marriages, yes.
3: Okay, you guys are just like us. So yeah, Elena has two kids from previously being married, and I have my three kids from previously being married, and then now our kids are just all together and running amok in our households.
6: Right. It's beautiful, man. It's an amazing
3: thing. Like, <laughs> And we don't... See, we're in a different place to where we're not having kids together. Mm. So our kids are just our kids. Like now right. it's like, you know, I, we're all just a family. It's crazy how it works out that way. But to me, it was like, you know what? It was kind of meant to be this way. And yeah. On the podcast now, thankfully, I don't badmouth my children's mother as much, um, if at all. But, <laughs> you know, there was times too, like um, that I went through on the podcast and I was like, yo, there was some dark days. I'm like, this is around Christmas time. Two years ago around this time, the episodes of the podcast,
0: mm-hmm. I
3: was slamming my kid's mom. Like, just burying her. Like, I'm, like I'm <laughs> Triple H, I H with I... new talent in 2010. Yeah, I, think I remember. Like, just crushing her because of, like, some stupid shit she was doing. That was, like, our worst time. <clears throat> and we were going through it. And, like, if I mean, obviously, some people out there must have had a divorce before. Mm-hmm. This shit doesn't happen quick. So like getting serious into my relationship with Elena and then trying to get my divorce finaled was like the hardest thing. Oh
6: my gosh, bro who are you telling? And I'm I... just
3: like, yo we, just let me go like right? we we got married when I was dead ass broke. you ain't getting no money like so what <laughs> are, what are we talking about here like, right? <laughs> and it was it took so long it took like three years and then figuring out stuff with the kids. And visitation and getting like stuff on paper mm. and oh god calling her, I I talked about obviously the the history between me and her on the podcast before, right. and now I talk about it in like a funny and jest you know kind of manner. But during that time, nah, it was it was the gloves were off. Right, it's so, different, right? <laughs> it is. I think finally me and her have come through to a point. Where she's happy because she has a guy and a new baby, and it's taking her attention away.
6: Mm, that's and, a blessing. Yeah,
3: it really is. Like I swear, I, I I met the guy once. We both went to my daughter's recital. Uh, I tried to give him like a pound and say what up. But yeah. He kind of like ignored me, and I was like, "Yo, you're a fucking weirdo! Like I'm just trying <laughs> to be nice to you. Like I'm the kid's dad. I should be ignoring yeah. you. Exactly. But whatever, like, weird ass dude. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not here to clown him." but he's a country bunking weird ass dude. So I was like, oh, you're not going to give me a pound. Like, all right, man, whatever. I got to talk to your clown ass. But if he did give me a pound and he was nice, I would have told him like my man, I promise you, if you leave this woman, we're fucking fighting. (laughs) Like, like UFC style. Like, no, we're not fighting like you do in the streets of Kansas city fighting. Like you ain't even going to know what the hell's coming. Like I'm going to hit you with a Jose Aldo leg kick. I'm gonna fucking take you to the ground and put you in a camorra. Like, you don't even, like, we're, we're, I'm literally making you tap until you get back with this woman because this is my sanity. Like, you don't understand. Like, he, he does well with the girls. Um, my son, all this, like, he has a son, my son's eight, so they play and he, he's oh. cool kids wise. I never had to worry about that. I'm like, yo, my man, her happiness is so dependent on you and that's so dependent on my happiness now yeah. that if you leave her, we're fighting. <laughs> Off rip. Like there there's no if, ands, or buts. If I ever hear some shit like you guys broke up or bounced, I'm I'm on the first thing smoking. I'm flying over here and it's fisticuffs. On site. No on site. That's it. <laughs> no, no words, fam. No just you, you better be ready. There there is no entrance music, no no ref grease in my face. It's on site.
6: You know, it's so crazy, like I had no clue going into my divorce, right? That it was gonna be so much paperwork, so much time, so much hassle. Like you said, like trying to just hash out the little things and when a woman is is left in that in that aspect, because my child's mom, she to this day is still not over it. And I like I, you have no clue. I, I am waiting it's, it's literally on my Christmas list. I need her to get a man, uh, you know, someone that she's gonna kind of me fall in love with, because all of her extra attention goes to me. It goes to monitoring my social media, monitoring, uh, you know, my fiance's social media, monitoring all that stuff. Oh, God. She follows and, the social media? Oh, listen. She, it's gotten so bad. It, it's gotten to... She checks out her LinkedIn profile, like, once a week, uh. and... And when I mention that stuff, it just creates a fight. Similar to you talking about just want to fight on site, it's the same way with my with my fiancé. She literally said, like, she said, I just want you to know if we're ever anywhere in a public setting, like, it, it is on. Like, she was like, and she watches Family Guy. So, she you know, she's like, you remember, you know, Peter and every time. And the chicken? You know, than the chicken bro <laughs> she said that's how it's gonna be on site scrapping like no holes barred no one can pull you apart like it's just gonna be like like forever you know fight forever and uh and I told her you know I said I really just got a feeling that one day she's gonna find somebody and it will change and that's what I can't wait for like it, it's just so crazy you talk about that because I feel like as men a lot of men never really talk about that and it's like until you go through it, you have no idea the mental warfare and how mentally draining it is to go through that process. And I feel as African-American men, we're not really educated on that topic, like, right, as you grow up. So it's just kind of a thing that you just go through, like, alone, in a sense. And then you're just like, holy shit, like, I got lawyers, I got to sign documents, I have to... Go to the courthouse. And and then when something gets, you know, not approved, gets rejected, you got to go back to the courthouse and do it all again.
3: And yo, I've done that three times. Like, when the uh, papers come back, I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, it, what is going on? Like, it could be so simple. Right? Um, Why is it so easy to get married, Kel? It's so easy to get
6: married. Anyone can walk into a courthouse and get married. You can go to Vegas and get married. But it's so complicated
3: to get a divorce. They, they don't want to see us flourish, man. Like, it... <laughs> It was. It's so crazy to think of now, because again, I was where you were, and um, Elena really didn't like me, and my ex wife were kind of already on like Splitsville, so it didn't affect Elena that much, right? Um, or to my knowledge, or she's just great at hiding that shit. But <laughs> um, she probably is, because she probably might have want to, you know, run her fate a couple times. I'm sure. But it, it's just to the point of like it, like you said, people don't talk about it, so when you're going through it, you kind of feel like you're the only person going through it, Yeah. but it's so common, like, it's shit that I only saw, honestly, on white sitcoms and, like, white movies growing up. Yes. Because, like, my dad and my mom just split, like, they were never married, like, they just stopped dating when I was, like, two, like, that shit was never, like, it was like, all right, whatever, my mom have a dad, like, it, like... Getting married, an idea of getting married, I knew like obviously my grandparents were married, but right, right? Like old school marriage type shit. Uh, my uncle had gotten married. Like everyone I know, like my uncle, my aunt, they they got married. My two aunts, my uncle, they're all divorced now.
0: Like it, it's wow. just it's
3: just it's just how it is. Like, but I never had the concept of like yo, what does it mean to get divorced or is it okay to get divorced or what? Right. Like, oh, I want to get married like super young. Like, I got married at twenty one. Like really, should I get fucking married now? Like, what is it going to enhance? Like, yeah. I, I didn't know any of these things, but I saw it on TV. I saw everything. I wanted the family. I wanted to be Cory and Topanga. Right. Like I wanted to, and that's honest to God. Like, yeah. Half my life, I chased this narrative of being Cory and Topanga. Um, and then now it comes to the point of like, nah. Like that's that's not the way it has to be. Right. Or it should be. But after yeah. that, it was already divorce time, and then shit hit the fan. And it, it, it was crazy because everything is pro wrestling, right? Like, right, a divorce, right, everything is wrestling. A divorce was like, my entire relationship played out like the Rockers. I, the, I was getting married to be high school sweethearts. We're the Rockers. I was mm-hmm. Sean, she was Janetti. Don't get this shit twisted. So <laughs> we had a good run. We had a couple Survivor Series. Shit, we even held the tag champs. The tag belts, you know, every now and then. We had okay. great runs when we were married. And then, shit started getting a little rocky. I looked over. I was like, oh, you know what? I have this career I think I can go get. She was like, you know what? That career's not making money off the bat. I don't think you should do it. We had to reach apart. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go single and grab this brass ring, I had to super kick her and throw her ass through a barbershop window. <laughs> and then... We, that's when we decide to split. Then the divorce proceedings are like the little feud between Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Right, we right, We went back right. and forth. And then eventually, the feud ends. You're on the other side, and you guys go off to your own separate programs, and you're fine. Yeah. In life, she's the Jannetty. I'm going to say it. It is what it is. She don't got a podcast. No one knows who the hell she is. <laughs> um, I'm definitely the Shawn Michaels. I'm winning out here. Right. So this this is where I'm at. I'm happy. If I was the Janetti, maybe I have a whole different point of view on this. But yeah. I'm happy as hell. I'm Sean, HBKing it up right now. And it feels good. It always right? and all I said it all the time, I said it on podcast, it always feels better because I'm the A side of it.
6: You're the A
3: side. Man. I'm I'm the A side. I won. Like I'm I'm okay. Yeah, like she's, and you're
6: she's, living life, man. Yeah, she's
3: still doing exactly what we were doing at 19, like the same career, same job, same everything. She has a new baby. I'm like, yo, we did that shit at 19. Like we yeah. we had a we had a two year old at 19. What do you, you got a two year old at 30? Like ooh. you still working at the same place? Yeah. Like what the what the, what are your goals? Like yeah,
6: like you got to you know, have some drive. You have to have some ambition. You got to have you know, something. Had,
3: like Elena I, took me on a private jet last year for my birthday. We flew the PJ to to That's Cali. Bad. Like we live in a loft with the fucking view of Vegas. Like I overlook, I see the strip out my window. Like what are your goals in life? I don't even mm. use the loft space upstairs. I just mm. got that shit just to stunt. Like she she don't even ain't about that life. You so know, that makes it so much easier.
6: That's so crazy you say that. If I if I had to compare my situation, right? I'm probably going to compare it to um I'm probably going to compare it to a little bit I'm going to go MMA, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go Dillashaw, and I'm gonna say I'm Dillashaw. That's what I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say that my my ex wife was probably the whole camp that Dillashaw used to be in. You know, I'm not gonna she's not gonna be Uriah, but I guess if you had to label a person, be Uriah. All team alpha male, (laughs) right? So she's all so she's literally all team alpha male, right? And for me, it just became a point where you know I I I did I committed I did marry you. However, I just believe in life, there are times in your life where you are, it's a choice that is up to you. And I'm, I've always been a believer that, you know, yes, when you go into a marriage, same thing, Kel, I, I swear, I have every season of Boy Meets World literally in my house right now. I love Boy Meets World. That's what I wanted as well, too. However, I do acknowledge that in life, you make mistakes. And I made a mistake. I should not have gotten married. It was not the right person. There was pressure behind her side of the family. Uh, for us to hurry up and get married. And then when we got married, she made the decision, um, to be off birth control. And, and so we had a kid and that's not something that I agreed to or that I was ready for at all. Um, and it, you know, it made me upset. So, you know what, I finally took my life in my own hands and I made a decision to leave. And I can honestly tell you the same way Dillashaw is a champion now and he's out here winning, I feel the same way. I literally met my soulmate. I met the person I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And, you know, she tried to shit on me and talk bad about me. So you know what I did? Boom. We're going to Italy. All right? We're going to Rome. We're going out here. We're doing – I'm in caves, like underwater caves out in Italy while you're sitting here back at home wondering, monitoring my page, trying to wonder what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to trips. I'm going out to WrestleMania. Like we've gone out to New York city. We're going to Vegas next year. Like we're going to WrestleMania NXT this year, you know? And it's just one of those things where everyone in my life now, everyone, it's amazing. Like a lot of my close friends I grew up with have all said like, dude, I have never seen you as happy as I've seen you now. And I told them, look, it it was hell to get to this point. We still got a long way to go. However, if, and, if, and, I'm, and I want to speak to any man, seriously, or anyone that's going through that. Never let someone make you feel that you are trapped. You know, a relationship is about constant communication and two people working together. And if you have someone working against you or working in a way that's preventing you from you being the best you that you can be, you have to get out of that situation. Because I am so much – I sleep better. Uh, I eat better. I lost about fifty pounds. Kel, me and my girl go to the gym. We're focused. Um and we really work on our relationship so best so life best. right now. Your best, best life. Living my best life, bro. No pun intended.
3: <laughs> no, that that is incredible, man. Um, we definitely gotta link up in New York then. We going to yeah. dinner. Like we, yeah, we chill. Let's go to night. dinner, man. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, you know, get get the, the ladies around and go have yes. a good time. Um, I know this dope Dominican spot downtown. Ooh, so we'll, okay. we'll go with your Spanish food. I love chill. Spanish like, food. Yeah, we'll catch, like, the Evolve show or something before.
6: Listen, bro, I went from waking up and having to buy my own breakfast sometimes to waking up to the most amazing smell of huevos and frijoles and, like, coffee. Like, <laughs> I'm
3: Listen, in love with we, we Spanish can,
6: food now. We could
3: have a whole... Different podcasts, just section about waking up and having that right woman in your life. <laughs> Yo, know, you just wake up, you, you do like the the Shawn Michaels kip up right. out the bed. Like I don't even, I don't even step out my bed no more. I do a kip up to get you out my bed. I'm so excited. It, it, it changes your whole bounce, man. But uh, now I appreciate you coming on the episode, um, taking time out, you know, to just speak real life stuff and just outside of the realm of combat sports. I appreciate it. Uh, Plug all your stuff so people
6: know where to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Captain Hype. Um, It's the same on Snapchat, Instagram as well, too. For all the ladies out there, my my woman has my password and has everything to my account. We share everything. So please don't be disrespectful. Be respectful. But uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm big into wrestling and everything else. Uh, Kel, thank you so much, man, uh, for the opportunity. Like I said, I've been a big fan of this podcast for a long time, for a few years now, so the opportunity to speak about it. Was was really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man.
3: I appreciate it. It's great. Um, definitely have to do it again. Can't wait, man. We'll see you at Mania. It's gonna be great. I'll,
6: I'll see you at Mania weekend, man. Let's get up. We'll do it big.
3: All right. The next guest. Listen, a long time coming. One of the one of the biggest voices in the corner club. One of the most opinionated. Someone, man. When I say I've been excited and waiting for this, it, it, it's no joke. Um, listen, the only thing you need to know is Mr. Gully Blanchard on Twitter. You follow him on all social media. It's a must follow at Gully Blanchard, uh, real government Ryan. But you know what? He's Gully on this podcast.
7: <laughs>
3: Gully. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Y'all li- literally been waiting for this one. So, so this is, this is what's up. Um, we got to get right into it. The the name says it all. Pro wrestling. When I
7: talk that about that, it now, is man.
3: Now the old school from where it was to where it, everything you always always have a fire take about where where the WWE is now and pro wrestling in general. Um, let let's get into it because I want to talk about I I've already done a lot of the recaps of the, you know I've done the TLC preview yeah. with someone I, I've done okay Becky Lynch and all this stuff. With you, I want to talk more general. The product itself, the company itself, and and we'll go back a little bit from the Roman Reigns announcement, which kind of was a shocker, right? Yeah. To, okay, they had all of this, their past four years were planned out for Roman Reigns, probably planned out another mania push through this year with him, and it all stops, and they got to redo everything. Have you liked how they've handled it since the Roman Reigns announcement?
7: I think that this, the Roman Reigns announcement, um, Roman Reigns, if nothing else gave fans something to talk about. They gave fans, um, it was a polarizing topic either way. Either you loved Roman or you hated Roman. Uh, I liked Roman. Um, Roman's promos were getting better. Uh, but I, I thought that he was everything you look for in a WWE champion. Like it's very very hard to get guys that have all the all the boxes checked. For example, I think Reigns was a better in ring wrestler than say some of the best champions of all time, uh, such as your Austin, your Hogan's, uh, even Rock. I don't think I think Rock uh, was great on the mic. I think he was about average in between the ropes. But I think Roman had great matches with everyone he stepped in the ring with guys like AJ, guys like Cena, guys like. He had great matches with guys like Finn or, you know, with Cesaro. Roman really never had a bad match. And I, you got to think, I'm putting all those names out there and I'm excluding Rollins and Ambrose.
3: I yeah, think what I mean, the with- AJ Styles feud and the brief feud in those matches, it was like street fight, was amazing.
7: Yeah, the match they had at Backlash was incredible. Uh, I believe it was post-33, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I think what Roman did was Roman covered up a lot of flaws that were internally within WWE from a character development standpoint, because no matter what you could always funnel everything to Roman. If you had an issue with the way that the, the product was being booked, well, we can just blame Roman. If you have an issue <laughs> with, you know, Dean Ambrose not turning heel, you could just blame Roman. Yeah. If you have an issue with, you know, Carson Wentz having a fractured vertebrae, you could just blame, blame Roman, no matter what it was, you could blame Roman for everything. And I think this, him going out exposed how how negatively Brock Lesnar has impacted the company in the last four years in the sense to where it felt like every year since WrestleMania 31, this was going to be the WrestleMania that Roman finally, finally got the, finally got the big, you know, finally slayed the giant, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, it was supposed to happen at 34 and it didn't. And it was a perfect thing. There was only so many perfect opportunities for Roman to get that belt from Brock. The reason why I think it's tough for the company now is nobody matters. And I've said this a million times. I know we've talked about this before on Twitter and on the podcast. I believe this is the best in-ring product WWE has ever had in between the ropes. But I think the challenge is none of the characters outside of Becky Lynch matter in 2018. There's not one male wrestling character that I think fans are clamoring to see.
3: Well, I like this heel Daniel Bryan. Like, I'm a vegan. I'm better than you, Roll. Yes, but this is still young, so you're right. This is still new. They got they have time to mess this shit up.
7: So Yeah, it's, for <laughs> me, my challenge is like, Kel, when we were kids, you wanted to go see Stone Cold Steve Austin at mm-hmm. a WWE show. And I think now the WWE brand has become such a thing to where you're not going to a WWE show to see Seth Rollins. You're going to see... You're going to a WWE show. I'm sorry, you're not going to go see Seth Rollins at a WWE show. You're going to a WWE show to, to see Seth Rollins. And those two things are extremely different. And it, it exposes a lot of weaknesses and flaws that they have in their current product. Their product right now is, is in the ring as best as it's ever been. For example, you know, Finn and Drew McIntyre should be a great match. McIntyre was someone, you know, when you're a good champion and a champion that can develop a lot of different guys around him. For example, Austin helped make rock he helped make triple h he helped make a he helped solidify foley lesnar really hasn't made anyone better and i think that's what the best champions do and a lot of people you know he i just don't like the fact that you have a guy like joe who had such a hot thing going into great balls of fire and was squashed with one f5 and joe's <laughs> never recovered bronze never recovered so the I Braun one was the
3: worst the, a the- lot of was in the company Yeah, the last Braun one was probably the worst because it looks like he he had all the momentum in the world and Brock just wrecked him. Squash match.
7: And I think what's tough is if you look at every one of these Lesnar matches and it's one common theme. Lesnar comes out. He does the Beast Incarnate thing. The guy gets a little bit of offense. And then, like, Lesnar hits three or four F5s that the guy either counters or kicks out of. But then out of nowhere, Brock just kills the comeback with one F5 and the match is over. That happened with Daniel Bryan, that happened with AJ, that happened with all these guys, and it just makes those guys look don't look credible leading into the weeks where they're now responsible for driving ratings and driving the houses, and it shows.
3: No, I I agree. Um, To me, though, it's a better cycle than the five-minute max time limit matches he was having. Yes. Um, We at least broke out of that. It seems like every time he starts training for the UFC... He's more and more willing to go longer in matches, mm-hmm. so I I like that a lot more than the other version of Braun we saw as champion. Let's say even his last title reign, um, the the past year of of Brock, excuse me, has been really good. It's just the title not being on Raw every week has killed Monday Night Raw.
7: Absolutely, because
3: a bunch of people have nothing to fight for. Like I watch, like you said, uh, I, I watch SmackDown. Me and me and Dre. Just went to SmackDown on Tuesday. It was here in Vegas. And we went last second. Um, you know, some of our connects, our, our boy with WWE was like, yo, you guys want to come? We looked at each other. like, Yeah, let's go. So we, yeah. we went down there and we went. And the first thing I said was, I'm going to see the man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went to SmackDown. There's, there's yeah. nothing like that on Raw. There, there's no one that gives me that feeling. I, I feel like if given opportunity, a Finn Balor could. Because I've gone to NXT to see Finn Balor. before but it's just main roster they don't let him do it um there's i mean the kevin owens of the world i i i went to see them just none of these big brutes and i understand where vince is coming from i understand his history i understand he loves them and someone i was talking to earlier on the show one of our guests mentioned and it was a great point we haven't had one of these monster guys be a star in a long time Mm -hmm. yeah like hogan was last like really giant, like really big man. Like the rock got bigger, but Rocky Maivia wasn't physically imposing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't physically imposing. Bret Hart, no. Uh, John Cena wasn't the biggest guy in the company. He was average build for what they were then. Yeah. Like these monsters among men, these super physically imposing guys, they don't take off anymore. This, This isn't a carnival show. People want stuff that's relatable. We are reality TV. We are, you know, Instagram and and Twitter. We want people who look like us and are able to talk and always communicate on social media and give us what we want, which is why being the elite is so huge. It's just a bunch of guys who do the same shit we do every week and just having fun.
7: Yeah. And I think one thing, especially with this era and it, it's tough because I think they started this when I want to bring this back a couple years ago, I think they started this idea of giving a part-timer a belt when uh, Rocky took the belt off Punk at, at uh, Royal Rumble. And they like the idea of having that mainstream WWE champion walking into WrestleMania. And I think they're paying for it now to where I don't even mind Brock's schedule. Like I'm not one of these guys who's like, Oh, part-timers shouldn't be in the company. This and not, I get it. Like Brock's a draw. Although I, I do, and I don't know this enough, I'd love to find out more information. I am interested to see what, from a monetary standpoint, Brock does to move any sort of numbers. I, I don't know, but I'd be interesting to see. I'd be interested to see. But we were trained as fans because at the end of the day, we're all trained watchers of WWE product. No matter what anyone says, that's what a fan is. We were trained to, you know, every week these guys or girls are fighting for something, and I think when you don't have that. There's no incentive to watch Raw, and I think now more than ever, there really isn't as much of an incentive for WWE to put on a good product because, again, I go back to when we were kids. Rock and Austin fought at WrestleMania 17, and their goal was to get you as a consumer to spend 50 to 60 bucks for three hours,
5: yeah,
7: every four weeks. And I think now with the network, truth be told, like I'm about an hour away from where I'm standing right now to the SAP Center in San Jose. I have no desire to go to TLC. I might get around to watching TLC, but it's not appointment viewing the way that it used to be. And I think that has to do with the fact that where if they put on a great pay-per-view, cool, you're still spending 10 bucks a month. And guess what? If you don't like the pay-per-view, WWE is not really losing any money if you're not directly in San Jose. And the brand is strong enough to where they're going to sell it out regardless. Yeah. I just think not having that pay, not having that that champion there to give these guys something to something logistical from a storyline standpoint to go for and I'm not one of these guys that thinks everyone on the roster can be a champion because WWE's always been a one-person show in the sense to with you know Hogan, Austin, Cena, Triple H they all funnel up to the champion I get that like there's that's why it's a mid card but I would at least like to see them have the opportunity to have matches like one of the matches that struck me it was a year or so ago was Cesaro against Roman for the title that match could have instantly made cesaro because it's like oh my god this guy's in there with the champion and he's holding his own next week i want to see that again and i think they're losing that tremendously with not having like i don't care if it's brock or not like it could be for all for all i care the champion could be drew mcintyre you build it around him but i think they're losing they're losing bringing in fans on a week-to-week basis because there's nothing really on raw to watch and i think that's one of their biggest problems right now
3: no i agree like they don't have that incentive. Like. You see these documentaries and you hear guys like Shawn Michaels saying, when I'm champion, the company's on my back. I look at all yeah. of these numbers. You know, I look at pay-per-view sales. I look at the weekly ratings. If these dip, it's a reflection of me as champion. I take it personally. Yes. And yes. they are that guy for that moment in time. So you see Austin come in and he's like, they they give me this. It's such a responsibility. I'm carrying the show. I want numbers to go up. When WCW caught them and Shawn was champion, it killed him.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And and, and the same thing, like all these champions, they for so long, Cena had that like, you know, I'm carrying this company and the ratings reflect this. Now, everything's on the network. How do you know if you're selling pay-per-views or if people just pay the $10 like myself for NXT and 205 Live and other stuff I'm watching? I just so happen to watch the pay-per-views too, because damn near they're free.
7: yeah. And that's, that's the boat that I'm in now. And, and I know we've, we've gone back and forth on Twitter, but like, I just literally watch old Raws cause I like watching the sequential order of like the product. So I like watching, you know, raw, I started at raw one. I think I'm on Raw 647 and to be truthful, if WWE was to email me in about 10 minutes and be like, Hey, we're taking away live events from the pay-per-views, but you can still spend 10 bucks a month just to watch, you know, five things on the network that you would want to watch. I'd gladly pay that. So I think, you know, and that's one thing that I've learned going back and watching these old Raws is that every every week, now, was Triple H the best champion around WrestleMania 20 to 21? No, not really. Mm-hmm. But he also didn't have, he did the best that he could with a bad deck. I, I, I will say that because there was a lot of transition, but he did the best that he could. But every week, the thing that I liked about that time frame and the time frames where they had to sell pay-per-views is you had to sell a product. You had every match had to sell You just spend $60 on, I don't know, like Vengeance in December or like Armageddon in December. So when Triple H and Kane were feuding, the goal was we need to make this product so good that the fans have to spend $50 for three hours or they're going to miss it. And I think that's one thing that WWE is missing right now with the lack of talent and the lack of personality. I'm sorry, not the lack of talent, the lack of personalities is that you don't have a storyline that you can get invested into where you have to see it. And if you don't see it, you feel like you're missing something.
3: Yeah. And we don't, we don't get that feel. Um, mm-hmm. and there's just so many pay-per-views. I'm glad they cut it down to no longer just one brand. And then two weeks after another brand, that was just oversaturation, yep. but it could cut down a bit, but now they're just made it longer. And it's just, they're, they're trying to find answers, but doing it in all the wrong ways.
7: And one thing too, I think, especially in 2018 with you know with everything, you can watch everything on your phone now. You can watch everything on your convenience. Aside from sports, and I pose this question to you, Kel, is there anything that's appointment viewing other than live sports? Is there anything that you're gonna wanna you have to be home at eight o'clock to watch? It's the only thing only other thing I could think of might be Game of Thrones. I was about to say for
3: but, the uh, people who watch like Game of Thrones, yeah. um some you know, some of those style shows, I would but say if that you is miss it,
7: if you miss it and you don't feel you can always go back and watch it later. You know what?
3: Like, to me, I, I watch Raw in its entirety. Like, I pay attention to it on Hulu, right? So that's how I yeah. do my show prep and everything else. But I still follow it as it's going on. Like, corner of my eye, I just let it play. And a lot of other stuff, the same way, like Atlanta, if I watch that or something else. Because I don't watch it necessarily for the show and, like, I feel like I'm missing out. But I do it for Twitter, Cause I yes. enjoy okay, I watching that. some things, whether it's sports related, whether it's I don't know, fucking Trump clowning or some shit, or yeah. you know, Twit or Kanye, you know, releasing his album and flying people to Idaho or Wyoming or whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Like there, there's still some like stuff that where where you see it, or um, like you know, Tidal has these big shows or Summer Jam in uh-huh. New York or stuff you can stream where I'll do that in the moment just because I want to be part of discussion on Twitter. Yes. That that drives me more than the product and having to watch in the mm -hmm. moment. So that still keeps me in the loop. So yeah, I watch these pay-per-views not a couple days later, in which I could because there's no urgency, but I try to watch them at the moment that they're happening because I want to be part of the dialogue. I want to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to be in the loop. Um, And, you know, just... That being my area of working and expertise and just the people I like hanging around on on Twitter and that community, yeah. I, I want to say my thoughts in real time and get their thoughts in real time and be part of the conversation. So that's the only thing that really keeps me around for some of these things. But I guess normal people, no, if it's not sports, like if it's not football, basketball, like these major events, and even those are hurting because of social media. Like mm-hmm. there's like so, I- so many things I'll just go and watch a gift for.
7: Yeah, that, and that's where I'm at with raw for the most part. Like, for example, that Buster Douglas 30 for 30, I was like, okay, like, I'm going to miss that for – I can't even remember the reason why I was going to miss it. But, like, I know I can just get on my ESPN Plus and watch, like, 30 minutes of my, on my lunch hour, 15 minutes on my two breaks or something like that. And I think that's where – that's where we are from a TV television standpoint in 2018, with the exception of like a couple things. I think live sports being one of them. And but I think that's where Raw's really struggling to where there's nothing that's going to there's nothing that's happened on Raw that's made me want to stop what I'm doing at eight o'clock. And, I'll, OK, I have to see this. And I think that's where that's where, like, if you told me that Finn Balor was going to wrestle Cesaro and the match mattered I'd probably try to stay up till about 11 to see what's going on. But I think that's one of the challenges they have is it nothing matters enough to get you to stop what you're doing and watch the product because the product isn't selling you anything on a week to week basis where there's incentive to watch next week. And I think that's where they're really struggling. And I think Roman was sort of the bandage that kept all that together. Um, I, I honestly think we're not going to really understand the greatness of Roman uh, for a long time. And I, I would compare This, in a sense, to you, I know you're a big Yankee fan. To me, Cena was the Derek Jeter of this, to where he was he was just always there. Like Mm -hmm. Cena, I think was criminally underappreciated for the later end of his career. I think WrestleMania 20 through 24 wasn't his best work, but at the end, he was there week in, week out. His stuff was good, and I think as fans, we got spoiled to the matches you'd have with Cody Rhodes or Zack Ryder that were really good in the ring. And I think now we're starting to see the effects of Cena not being there the same way that whoever took over shortstop for Derek Jeter after that, he was always going to be, well, he's not Jeter. Yeah. Or you know, whoever takes over for the Cavs now is, okay, like Colin Sexton, he's always going to, in a sense, be compared to LeBron. And I think Roman was compared to Cena in the sense to where, hey, as long as the fans are making noise, we don't have to worry about presenting anything sensible. And that's where they got to with Cena for so long, where the fans were just reacting. And I think we, we got really spoiled with Roman because of the quality of work that Roman would put in on a week-to-week basis. But it's showing right now to where there's no real incentive to watch.
3: No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's, and it's sad, but you're only as good as your top guy. Yeah. And right now, their top guy, and the problem is the past couple of years, has been non-existent. If we don't mm-hmm. see him, your product just isn't good. And that's always yeah. been the wrestling business. You're always as good as your top guy, and your top guy doesn't want to be around. So and the, keep, the thing keep is, Brock as a the, part-timer. Just don't keep the yeah. belt on.
7: And the thing about the top guy is that everyone wants to see the next guy take out the top guy. That's why the Rockets and Warriors was such a huge Western Conference Finals because everyone wanted to see, hey, is this, is this going to be it? Is this the end of the Warriors? It ended up not being that, but all you need is just a little bit of entry, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to where, like, hey, this might this might be the end of something. And that's all you need. And I just think they're missing that with Brock right now.
3: No, I, I definitely agree. Um, man, we could chat about, about wrestling all damn day. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> you came through. Definitely got to have you on again. Um, yeah, let me know. Yeah, whenever one when of these times, like, Dre takes off gallivanting across the world, like he often does, I'm um, going to hit you up. We'll do a whole episode.
7: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. cool, man. Let me know. I've been trying to get him on my show for a while, but yeah, man, when you guys got time, let me know, and uh, we can definitely do it.
3: Yeah, plug everything. Let everybody know where to find yourself.
7: um, Yeah, so I am on Twitter at Gully Blanchard, G-U-L-L-Y-B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. A -A A lot of my tweets are me live-tweeting the uh, Monday Night Raw's that I watch with – a charismatic sense of humor a dry sense of humor per se um so uh yeah you guys check that out you can check out my podcast at gully blanchard which is g-u-l-l-y-b-l-a-n-c-h-a-r-d um search that on itunes spotify google play wherever try to put out a show once a week um yeah man uh, kale this has been something i want to do for a while man so i really appreciate the platform man thank you guys very much
3: anytime man it's Always open to you. Thank you for following us and, you know, showing us love. So we appreciate it, man. Uh, And once again, we got to do it again soon.
7: Sounds good, man. Have a good rest of the day.
3: All right. My boy Anthony Kennedy, what up? Thanks for joining the Corner Podcast. Uh, Man, I appreciate you being here. Always love getting another wrestling fan in the building.
2: Nah, I appreciate you having me on. I feel like it's been a long time coming. You know, I used to hang out with y'all, you and Andreas K. side at UFC. And I'm just glad, like, yo, I finally made it to the big time with the boys.
3: (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it's definitely been a long time coming. These are conversations that always happen in the back of, like, the press room and everything. People think we go to, like, these these big events and actually just talk about the event the whole time. Like, we, we don't pay attention to it, really, until, like, the... Third to last fight. The rest of the time we're eating and talking about pro wrestling.
2: Oh, man, I miss the food UFC used to just put out. That UFC, say what you will about the way Data White runs his organization and being a MAGA fan. He know how to cater people. The food, the desserts, all that. Oh, yeah. Open bars. Oh, my God.
3: And then now at T-Mobile, it's uh, the food vouchers. So we just crush Shake Shack.
2: Massey, why are you telling me this?
3: <laughs> so they just give us like $40, $50 in free food. We're buying shakes, <laughs> cheese fries. Okay, uh, okay,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> man, stop. I Everything. Like, I, ah. I get it. I need to get on my grind. Get
3: back in this. <laughs> on, the, on the free 99. Uh, but no, ah. you're, you're here to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about wrestling. And we're here specifically to talk about New Japan. Because, you know, me and Dre love New Japan. We love the Indies. Uh, We try to touch on it as much as we can, even though, you know, the WWE takes up so much of the show a lot of times. And that's what a lot of people have to watch. Yeah. um, Well, listen, we we talked about this a little bit before. um, The WWE has record low numbers now. So something something has to change. Sooner or later, Vince has to look and say, you know what? Our best product is NXT. Maybe people want actual pro wrestling and less sports entertainment.
2: See, I I feel you. You're very hopeful, and I get where (laughs) Andreas is. uh, He's a cynic. Frustration, yeah, no, no, that comes from. (laughs) But the problem is, is that it's not just Vince McMahon. There's this douchebag named Kevin Dunn who's been hand in hand. He's he goes back to the old Capitol Sports days, the WWF. He worked for Daddy Vince McMahon, and he's on there giving it. For some reason, I, I don't understand. It's 2018. There's this youth movement in front of the camera, but behind the camera, you got Kevin Dunn with his antiquated ideas of uh, who can be a star. He he doesn't like Sasha, which I don't get. He doesn't doesn't like Bailey. They're not cute enough. Um, that they, they, he perpetuates who can be a star. Like he sees the Roman Reigns, he sees the Elias, but you know. Uh, Finn Balor, he doesn't like his accents. He's small, he's short. Uh Daniel Bryan, he wasn't a big fan of him. So it's just it's more than Vince McMahon. And I know people are are holding out hope that Triple H, once he gets in control of the company, um, things are going to change. But the thing is, like, yeah, he's running NXT. But NXT isn't the main brand. You got to remember that. We just need it
3: is- to change a little, though. Like you, we don't need them to reinvent the wheel because he can't do that, right? There's shareholders, there's other people in place, and listen, and Vincent and his boys up top—they're getting a little long in the tooth. So if this is the NFL draft, they're on the clock. Uh,
5: right, so
3: right. like, when when you know the turnover does happen, because it's you know Father Time is undefeated, True. it's not going to change that much. I've given into that. Like it's not but going I, to change that much. It just has to change a little. You have to recognize that these guys do have a history. And that's the one thing Vince and and his boys have always been stubborn about and hate to do is they want to feel like they created every wrestler, like they created CM Punk. CM Punk was CM Punk when you got him. Paul Heyman, thank God, kept some entities of CM Punk, showed you, and then you let it rock. But same thing with Daniel Bryan. Like, you damn near ruined Daniel Bryan, but he kept a little bit of himself and rolled with it. And to the point where you couldn't deny it. Becky Lynch is on that role now. It's like sooner or later. They want Charlotte. Yeah, and they want Charlotte. They want Ronda. They, they, you got to slap them in the face with something so damn great for them to roll with it. If not, they're going to try to reinvent the wheel for no damn reason. I, I think as long as that's the only thing that changes, acknowledge what people did in NXT. Acknowledge that Oscar had a dominant streak in NXT. Acknowledge that Finn Balor carried that brand for a year and a half. It's to the point where it seems like they're ignoring it. Like they want to say, okay, this guy is here. We're recreating something. Oh, Finn Balor, the Demon King. Why?
2: That, that wasn't the gimmick. I'm not so mad about that, because, you know, the branded purposes. What I'm mad about is, is that they, they want to tell us the story that the Demon King can win, but the regular old Finn Balor, well, he's beatable. And, which, it's, it's not a bad thing, because I like making, oh, when the Demon King comes, j- this dude can beat almost anyone. But it, it's still like, okay, outside of that, the dude is talented. Let him work on the mic. The, here's the the big fallacy of everything is that they have their ideas in their head of who a star is. But if you look at it, you look at Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, those are the only successful big, larger-than-life characters. And Andre. That, okay, Andre, yeah. But, I mean, he went from town to town. He really wasn't the, the territory mainstay, he went from territory yeah. to territory. But, I mean, Hogan and San Martino, you look at Austin. Austin was, what, 6'4? 240 maybe? Yeah. You look at the I mean, rock. Austin okay.
3: Austin was a big ass dude for a sec. He got popular when he got
2: smaller. Right. Right. I mean The Rock maybe The Rock. You look at John Cena He's not that big. I mean, he's swole and yoked up. but He's, he's like yeah, he's six not the four, giants, giants
3: that they're trying to push now, the yeah. Braun Strowman's
2: the Right. Like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. The, yeah, they're smaller. Was a huge international star. Shawn Michaels, they've decided to build a company around a guy who was what six feet tops, two ten, maybe. And he forced their
3: hand, though. Like it, you know? that that was the case. He forced their hand. But you're correct. These these monsters, these big shows, these great colleagues, these uh, Kings, Undertaker. The like, you. you. Undertaker's probably the most successful.
2: Yes, true. true and
3: true. it had nothing to do with being a big guy, all to do with the gimmick.
2: Right. So, right. you, you could
3: have strapped that gimmick to a guy like they, like, you know, who's maybe six foot, six foot one. Does it work as much? as he is imposing? I don't know. But he could be just as creepy. Mankind gimmick yep. got over.
2: Yeah, And, yep. and, and Mick was that's was out of that's... shape.
3: And Mick is like six foot, six foot. Like no, and sloppy two seventy. That's it. And got over, super over. So right. and multiple so, characters.
2: So it's just, it just baffles me that they still stick to these ardent rules of who can be on top. If it, it, to me, I just don't get it. if the fans are cheering them, calling their name, buying their merchandise. Push the guy. That's like, it. The worst if, thing if can the happen is. if the fans are money.
3: booing them out the building. You might want to
2: change something. Exactly. Exactly. But the problem is, is that damn it, when you go to those house shows, Roman Reigns is over and he sold the most merch. Now my thing is, he probably had the most merch. But
3: that's know. true. Like you pump if you <laughs> inflate the system, then he's probably going to do. But well, he sold the most thing. Well he got like fifty, eleven hundred t-shirts yeah. to buy. Finn so. got
2: two. That look good.
3: Battle um, club for everyone. That's about it for Finn shirts. Um, now let's talk about a promotion who can book people. Gato, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, we're coming up two weeks away, about two and a half weeks away from Wrestle Kingdom. Going to be amazing. I feel like you're about to really just rain on the parade that is Kenny Omega,
2: though. I'm not going to rain on the parade However,
3: <laughs> However <laughs> I knew something we was do, coming. We're going to do
2: some history lesson right here. 1987, Ric Flair was the man. Everybody knew it. At that point, he was the four-time champion, limousine Rioting Jeff fly. He was the man. He lived. He had this gimmick. You hated to love him, but he was so great. And then there was this guy named Ronnie Garvin. They had these great fights. You had they had a storyline you can get into. Uh, Ric Flair was chasing after his brother's, well, real life wife, but his squeeze on camera. And Jimmy Garvin failed to take the title. There was that thing with Precious. She um, uh, had one night with Precious, and how that Jimmy, uh, Ronnie Garvin knocked her out, and then Ronnie stepped in and started challenging. And then eventually, people were bye Ronnie. He beat Ric Flair. And then the next show, he came out with Ric Flair's belt. And it just, reality set in was like, wait a minute. This guy ain't Ric Flair. And I'm seeing it a tad bit in 2018. We had Okada, who had this historical, iconic match of the year, damn near every match. Just, just amazing work. The money, he was drawing. Everybody recognized he was the best in the world. Everybody... But at the same time, people thought Kenny Omega is just as good and just as marketable, even maybe even more marketable to the Western audience. He beats him in an all-time classic. And if you look at New Japan, especially the main event scene, it's not the same since then. And, I, I mean, do we want to blame Omega maybe because, you know, you have an American holding a Japanese belt even though he's going to America? Well, I
3: thought or- it was super hot when AJ held it.
2: That is true, but remember, it was kind of a short reign, but I think, but at the, but you got to remember at the same time, Okada wasn't Okada. He wasn't that Okada. Yeah. This this is kind of like Bruno San Martino losing, and then you go to Pedro Morales. Good, but not Bruno.
3: Well, I mean, to be fair, for a long time, Okada was Roman Reigns, where he was mm-hmm. just pushed down people's throats, and people were like, Gato, are you really pushing the golden boy? To the point where he became his manager. To just feed into that narrative,
2: Uh no no. no. So
3: I mean oh. I mean if, if people are keeping it a buck, Okada wrestles great and he has all these amazing matches and he's top five wrestler in the world, arguably the best wrestler over the past three years. But he was Roman Reigns.
2: He, Damn, he was forced. Are down you sure you're like not confusing throat. him with Naito? Because I remember Naito had the. I back love back.
3: Naito. No, but yeah, he got Oka- good heat. Like Naito got good heat. Okada was like, okay they told a better story than Roman Reigns becoming champion. But right. But if you, if you compare storylines to Okada trying to finally get over on Tanahashi
2: at the Wrestle Kingdom and
3: Wrestle Kingdom and you compare Roman Reigns finally trying to get over to Brock Lesnar it's damn near the exact same storyline. <sighs>
2: Uh, damn it, Kill! It, it
3: was three Wrestle Kingdoms. You know, it was three for Roman Reigns. It was almost the same well, storyline. But
2: Okada... Okay, well, hold up. It was done is, better,
3: but you can't say it's yes, not the same storyline. Yeah, you're <laughs> right.
2: It's the same storyline. But the thing of it is is that New Japan established defending or winning the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom at the... No, I'm sorry. At the Tokyo Dome is a rare... You know, it's a special... If you look at the history... It's rare that a champion doesn't de- successfully defend his title at the Tokyo Dome. So they built that up. So that's why you're, you're somewhat right, but the execution was far different. And it was, and even I think the second time they met where uh, everybody swore up and down Okada was going to win it. And yeah. Tanahashi won and Okada was walking out damn near crying. Tanahashi said, like, you're almost there.
3: That was damn near like a double turn, except yeah. Tanahashi You're can never almost
2: go. Almost there, but, and then the next year he 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 won the title and he defended it, and it was like okay, he's he's officially the ace. Yeah,
3: that's yeah. what put him over the the okay. We don't have to hate Okada. The tears, like you know what, we kind of want him to win. Yeah. Roman Reigns yeah. never really got to that point, um,
2: but I mean the thing with Omega, it's like I I think. Maybe because I'm I'm listening to some of these interviews with Tanahashi and he's saying that he's he's essentially saying Omega's a a spot monkey, which which is funny because he does put a lot of psychology in his matches. And it's like when you put that inkling of truth into your promos, all of a sudden I start thinking I'm like, you know, he ain't Okada. He ain't Tanahashi. So it's kind of me looked at. I thought Omega was amazing. I thought last year he was wrestler of the year or at least. Tied with Okada this year. After oh, he's he definitely the wrestling title, year last year. Oh, yeah. This year after he won the title, New Japan took a step down. And I don't know, <sighs> do I blame Omega because he's not Okada? Or do I blame Ghetto because of the fact that, you know what? People feel like Omega was next in line, but a lot of people were really on Naito. So I'm just like,
3: well, they're they're building they Naito get- up, right? So Naito, he he lost for a reason last year. Like he's going through that same hero's journey, right? <clears throat> Where we thought like he could have won the belt last year, but he loses.
2: But see, that's the thing. The, uh, that's why I'm, I'm totally. This is this is a a good problem to have. To have so many people that could be the champion that could be credible. Omega, Okada, Naito. Um, Tanahashi, because now they got Tanahashi's story. And he went through the G1, he won it, and everybody, I think everybody expects him to win at the Tokyo Dome, because like I just the said... The last
3: hurrah for the ace.
2: That, and it's, you have to be a special person to win in an IWGP championship match at the Tokyo Dome. Now, the thing of it is, is like, at MSG, does Omega get it back? But here's the other problem is, is Omega still there?
3: That's the key. So... If you want to blame anything for Omega's run after getting the belt, which he still had great G1 matches, um, yeah, see, the two out of three faults, like that is the best match I've ever seen with my two eyes. Omega, Okada, even I, like
2: the first fall was the best. The, the last two. Mm, to like, even go pull ahead.
3: off that match is incredible. Yes. Like I was edge of my seat. That, that was so good to me. Like the storytelling, everything behind it, the teases to the other matches prior which New Japan does so well. And the guys knowing each other's finishers and how to avoid it and the counters, that thing was a sprint.
2: What um, was the best part of that? Was the fact that uh, Okada never hit a Rainmaker. Yeah. I love that part. He got the first fall on a on a hold, never hit the Rainmaker. So I'm like, is, there's the story there.
3: Yep, and then the One-Wing Angel finally finishing it off. Because yeah. um, Kenny Omega could have hit him with the One-Wing Angel for like two and a half years. Which was crazy. So, like, everything came uh, full circle in that match. It was just three years of storytelling built up into one. Um, So Omega still has that. And the U.S. tours and putting the belt on them makes sense. They're trying to branch out, try to become more stable here in the U.S. Um, So maybe that takes a little hit because the the nostalgia of it's rubbing off, right? Right. Because before they catered to one market. Now they're trying to cater globally. And it's a lot of what the WWE runs into. Um, So you're catering to more fans. But I honestly, and New Japan feels this a little bit, they're just a a lot stronger of a brand. ROH has been crushed by it. Yes. Is that being the elite is killing promotions. And I I love... I understand people watch the show weekly on YouTube, and that shit's funny, and I love it. It is killing independent promotions. ROH is crippled because... What Being the Elite did is what people somewhat complain about WWE television, but why we always watch WWE television is because as wrestling fans, what whatever we may say, we crave sports entertainment aspect of it, and these smaller promotions don't have strong weekly content. So Being the Elite takes the place of Raw and SmackDown. It is the strong weekly content, and it drives every feud in these companies now. So Mm. it it got them by the balls, and Omega, and Cody Rhodes, and the Bucks, they can create their own narrative and force the hands of these promotions.
2: Ooh, damn, that's a good point.
3: So how do you take the belt off of Kenny when you have one pay-per-view every two months? And what do people watch in the meantime? They're watching Being the Elite. You got to put the belt on the guy, Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Like, I I didn't think Cody was going to beat – Jay Lethal at this ROH show this weekend. He damn near might. Because Cody has the weekly following. And so, at this point, they have the whole industry by the balls, which is why they know it. And All In was a success. So they might break away and leave you with what? So I I, I don't blame Ghetto for saying, you know what, Omega? My man, you're out for your best interest. And that's fine. And I'm out for mine. And... You may not go to WWE like the other guys have, but your ass surely may not be here. And if you start your own promotion, I'm not being left hand, you know, high or dry. So they spent their entire summer pushing Switchblade.
2: Mm, yeah.
3: Entire summer. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? If Kenny Omega leaves tomorrow, he's that new guy. He's that new foreigner that people hate, and you gotta be ready. Well, yeah, they and they're saying yes, the he. Has the heat. Yeah, they ghetto. Did the turn on Okada? Ghetto's in his corner now. Ghetto pushed everything into that pot.
2: I'm sorry, real quick. King of Pro Wrestling might be the best episode of Raw this whole year. That was just that was just insane how all of that went down. And tip my hat to Ghetto. Uh, the other thing is, um, I think if if it does go down with this all in all elite wrestling, I, I, I'm, so to speak. Um, New Japan has to make has to make a decision. Do they stick with Ring of Honor or go with the upstarts? I think Ring of Honor they,
3: would be crippled if those guys lost. Ring of Honor literally has put everything in their basket.
2: But see, I don't feel too much sympathy for Ring of Honor because they have a multi billion dollar uh, company funding them that just is being cheap. And it's like you see you see the money. What WWE is getting two and a half billion dollars for five years? How do you not invest in this company and get that same money? So I don't feel too much sympathy for them. And at the same time, like, Cody Rose. What, what was Cody Rose, what, three years ago, I think, when he left WWE? Well, Kenny Omega was a junior heavyweight. The Young Bucks were indie darlings. And they yeah. combined their forces and got themselves, uh, what, a sold-out indie show all off of YouTube. And it's like... These promotions all around the country, PWG, Shakira, Ring of Honor, I can't name any more than that, sorry, uh, NWA um, well, even.
3: It used to be Evolve, but now they've been consumed by WWE.
2: But and that's yeah, fine, you fine. Know, you know, get your
3: money. You still have the PWGs, you still have uh, Overseas, there's stuff like Progress, which is great, and all that good stuff. Even though so WWE like might learned? have them by the
2: balls. So I'm thinking like learn from the elite. You you can't do it like the WWE. You can't do it like New Japan. You absolutely can't do it like the elite. Now you might not have the same results, but at least try.
3: But the question becomes who does that? <clears throat> Everyone starts things with good intentions, right? True. But eventually, What's who's going Vince? who's yeah, who's going to get paid by this promotion? Are, do you jump ship to go to a promotion like All Elite Wrestling when only the elite and the top five guys are getting paid WWE money and you're getting paid your regular indie money? What's what's the purpose now? Like what? Or are you getting paid less? Because you're even working less dates. So these I guys are trying to this have place. four. You think they're going to have maybe four pay-per-views a year? Like What, what are you see. doing? They're not having a weekly episodic television. It's so hard. Like, it's so hard to try to be anywhere near what the WWE does. It's so hard to have a sustained model and to start that from the bottom. So it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Um, before we get out of here, though, I got the Wrestle Kingdom kind of match card pulled up. I'm going to ask you your predictions for the last three matches. Okay. Before we get out of here. So we have Okada versus Jay White, Sling Blade, Switchblade. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have?
2: Now, it should be Jay White, but this is Okada, and I think that this starts Okada's uh, next IWGP run. So, I'm going with Okada.
3: Oof. Okay, I'm going with Jay White. I, I think Gato cheats, Jay White wins. I think I'm just, uh, it's like not I for said, a title. It's not for a title, which which matters to me.
2: True, but remember, Tokyo don't match. You got to be special to win those.
3: Eef. That that's true. A lot of history there. Uh yeah. Jericho versus Naito.
2: This is a this is tough because I, I feel like it should be Jericho and he challenges Omega, but I think Naito gets his win back.
3: I think so too. I, I, I hope this doesn't, cause once again, um like I don't want them to put him into the Nakamura role. Where the character is so strong, they just say carry, you know, the I, the intercontinental title, and we don't necessarily need you.
2: Mm, that's a good point. To
3: be heavyweight champion, if that makes like, I, I don't want him to get stuck in that role.
2: This has to boost him. And but and the other thing is, is that as much as the Okada Okada story, you know, where it went to Tanahashi and Omega, was well done. The problem is is that that loss really cooled off N- Naito and they had something with him.
3: Yeah, and this this might get it back. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Omega versus Tanahashi. You're going with the Ace.
2: Yes, I said the, the story is this is how I feel the story. I could be totally wrong. The story is Tanahashi redeems himself. He didn't think he had it in him. They're going with the Choshu role, except from uh G1 1997 except this time uh the old man is going to win it and I think he's going to headline uh msg uh wrestlemania weekend and i'm calling my shot now it will be against omega and omega gets the win back okay because because uh I, I hate to i hate to uh quote other uh journalists but Meltzer made the point the money is in tanahashi winning it not him holding it so they're gonna make all the money on him winning it they don't need him to hold it yeah
3: that's true you just need him to win get that pop that one night and again your box
2: office,
3: you're servicing two markets now. So Absolutely. you 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 have to cater to the U.S. crowd if you do that U.S. show. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you for joining us on this show, man. It, it's great. I got to have you on more often. We got to chop yeah, it I, more yes. often about
2: this. I've been saying that for three years.
3: We're going to make it happen. It took this <laughs> show to make it happen. We're going to get it done. When I need a co-host for a podcast when Dre is gone or something, we, we got to do like a whole show.
2: Andreas, Andreas, come on. Don't be acting like you you forgot about me, too. I know you do not
3: <laughs> Yeah, so, nah, man. Thanks. Uh, plug all your stuff before we get out of
2: here. Um, you can find me at podcastjuice.net. We do bi-weekly Prince podcast shows. I hope you guys are checking that out. We also do bi-weekly Michael Dean shows where we talk about all topical uh, news stories. Uh, last week, we got into... Oh, oh, I think with the Kevin Hart situation, and we did our uh, top tens. Also, you can find me at the QA, a podcast I do with my co-host, Mariah Hudson. And lastly, you can find me on Twitter, uh, getting at all these wannabe WWE neophytes, and <laughs> on Instagram at, at Pooh.
3: Thanks, my man. Thanks for calling in um yo we're rolling right in this is a good show another guest on the line so next up we have my man kevin i'm always on his show clutch talk radio and a little change little change of the guard here now you are a guest <laughs> on the corner podcast so it is great but always good to have a familiar voice on the other end i feel like we're always talking to each other so this yeah. this is just easy right here That's right um no but thanks for jumping on the show um, I really appreciate it and we're here to talk wrestling because I talk wrestling a lot on your show So now you come talk wrestling on my show Um, one thing we hear going around is 2018 and we're about to wrap up We're gonna have our uh end of the year podcast here soon when me and dre give out all our awards and rank the Fights and the matches and everything that's coming up in a couple of weeks. We have uh, a preview for new japan wrestle kingdom We're rolling into what Royal Rumble season everything's creeping up on us but it's about that time to reflect people are saying that 2018 was a down year for wrestling what are they talking about like I I saw the best match and I talked about this with one of our guests earlier the best match I've ever seen with my two eyes was Kenny Omega versus Okada two out of three falls for the title where Omega finally won it might be the best match I've ever seen how is 2018 a down year?
8: I have no idea because like, my thing is, I think we've gotten, at least for me, in watching and thinking about Kenny Omega in the year that he's had and some of the other wrestlers that in the years that they've had this year, I don't know, are we underappreciating Kenny Omega because he gives us, I feel like it's almost like LeBron James in a sense. We're so used to his greatness at this point that we undervalue it and underappreciate it because this is as good of a year I feel like Kenny Omega's had in any of the years he's had, especially over the last two to three years with his runs that he's had over in New Japan. But I just feel like at this point, we're getting, we're underappreciating the greatness that is Kenny Omega because he's been so consistently good, especially over the last two to three years. It's just been kind of crazy how we look at him now and thinking that 2018 was a down year for him. I just think that's just weird.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's to the point of, you get so high that they have to knock you down, right? Like, you know, every hero becomes the villain. That That's just, it's how it is. It's the, what was the Batman quote? You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, Like, that's yep. it, that's just what it is. And they, he set a bar, like, you know, just a five-star match after five-star match after five-star match that he has a legit 4.25 that is still really good. And people are just like, huh, eh, ho hum. Oh, he's falling off. Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you expect? Like, there was there was a tag match, I think, a triple threat. No, it was the tag. And, uh, one, again, one of the best matches I've ever seen, no hyperbole, with him and Ibushi versus the Young Bucks. That just happened three months ago.
8: Yep.
3: Four months ago. It's one of the best put-together tag matches you'll ever see. And their friendship and how like it was so hard for him to put the finish on the young bucks and having the elite here and then an ending and a hug in the golden elite forms and it was so well done of a tag match and people just completely forget about yeah and we talked about earlier that like you know his his title reign is a little mm-hmm. understated because I think the match quality is, is still great the title reign seems a little underwhelming. And I gave reasons for why it was. And and I was like, you know, he's a flight risk at this point. So Ghetto is smart for saying, you know what? I'm going with Jay White. Because he's going to be here. If you decide Mm -hmm. to take Elite to your own promotion, you're not going to leave me assed out hanging dry. (laughs) It it just is what it is. I'm not investing in the storyline. Yeah. And and, no, they have being in the Elite. You invest in your own damn storyline. You don't need me (laughs) to. So I'm pushing my guy, Jay White. I'm pushing him versus Okada. A feud, which if, you know, Tanahashi beats you and Okada beats Tanahashi again, then we get Jay White versus Okada next year. We have a mm-hmm. full two-year build to this. And I'm not left high and dry because I put everything into Kenny Omega in the Elite <clears throat> ROH. So, ghetto smart. But that's, yeah. I don't think that's a, a downtick for Kenny Omega or, or wrestling as a whole. Sooner or later, you, you got to learn how to build for the future. Vince is kind of short-sighted where New Japan is super long, long thinking. And Gato books three years damn near down the road. And he Mm -hmm. has the Naito's, he has the Jay White's, he has Okada still. It it wouldn't kill him to lose Omega. He doesn't need Omega as much as people think, but that's not a knock on Omega. Omega's still, what? he's, He's still the best wrestler in the world at this point.
8: Yeah. Between, for me, him... I still love the work of AJ Styles. I, his work rate and the
3: guy—he's so. Yeah. Would, would you be surprised if him versus Daniel Bryan at TLC is a five-star match? I would not be surprised. I, I told um, I me and Andres went to SmackDown uh, this past Tuesday, and I leaned over to him after the Daniel Bryan promo, and I was like, "These two are going to give us a classic." And, and he looked I'm at still me like w- I was crazy.
8: No, I I agree, because I'm still waiting on the WWE to really turn Daniel Bryan loose. I think they've allowed him, now that he's back in the championship picture, I think this would be the first time that they say, okay, Daniel, go ahead and just turn it loose and you and AJ just go out and just tear the house down because I think they've tried to be cautionary with him. Now they put the belt on him, heel Daniel Bryan turn. Now I think it's time for him going into Royal Rumble, going into 2019. Like this would be the match to me that kind of kicks off his 2019 as the, the real Daniel Bryan that we're used to knowing, but now as a heel Daniel Bryan, I think this is the match that kind of sets that off for him.
3: No, I agree. I love this heel, Daniel Bryan, like super vegan. You guys are killing my environment. How dare you drive the SUV? <laughs> like, like uh, someone on my timeline was like, I was like, oh, I love heel Daniel Bryan, and they were like, you mean vegan CM Punk? <laughs> and I was like, you yeah, damn right I do. And I think CM Punk's a vegan for the for the record. I, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I love it. I, it's it's literally what we saw glimpses of on that stupid. Uh, show with john cena when they were forced to uh-huh. live together uh-huh and he were like you know what daniel bryan's kind of a dick <laughs> and he, he's kind of like in in the point of like the the pita people type of assholes like if you're wearing a fur coat he might splash paint on you like, <laughs> so i i love that he just took his actual real life mentality i was like eh, i'm gonna turn this shit up to 10 which is yeah. what pro wrestling's about I'm gonna say, that's
8: what that's what pro wrestling really... I was just watching earlier uh, a Stone Cold promo, and that was the thing I was thinking. I so, man, this the, the thing about it is it's these stars turned up to 100, and when you do that, you get the kind of magic of a Stone Cold or a rock or, or whomever, and I think Daniel Bryan's at that point where this is the time for him to really... I mean, he's got a second lease on his whole wrestling career now, mm-hmm. so for him to take full advantage of, I think this is the moment for him to do that and um you know speaking of somebody capitalizing on momentum i mean this whole becky lynch thing is just like yo she's the man okay i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie to you and i've told some of my other friends this at first i'm not gonna lie at first i really wasn't feeling it only because Becky Lynn, she's so nice and she's such a nice person, and you know, all the straight fire and all this other stuff. I thought she was just a really cool part, a really cool chick, really cool person. But now that she's really invested in this whole the man thing, I- I'm, I'm now here for it. Her. It took me a little bit to come on board, but I'm fully here for it. Her. She had a tweet uh, going back and forth with Corey Graves the other day, and I was like, yeah. Yo, this is on some different kind of ish, and I love it. I absolutely love it now. I'm fully on board with Becky Lynch as the man now.
3: Oh, yeah. The Twitter has helped her a ton. Um, like, that, that has raised her profile to, like, a whole new level. Yeah. So that, just the interaction with fans, Ethering people on the weekly. Like, the, <laughs> the tweet she put out about Charlotte, she was like, oh, I missed a month on SmackDown because I got my face broken. You yes. missed a month on SmackDown and it was just a picture of her boobs. Yeah. Like I was like, yes. oh my God, she's crushing yes. her. The Rhonda yes. tweet where she talked about her leaving UFC and cried about it. Oh man, it was it's all gold. Whatever she can do no wrong. But you're not you're not weird for not liking it right right off the bat, because a lot of people did it, and I'm a firm believer on I thought it was done. Like it was dumb for them to make her go heel how they did against Charlotte. Like Mm -hmm. the the way they turned her heel was stupid. Turning her heel was smart because in the heel turn, it just gave people like, you know what? You're freeing Becky. And it made her the biggest baby face Mm -hmm. because they just wanted to see that version of Becky. They just wanted to see a real person of, you know what? Don't be happy for your friends all the time. Like there's, there's four horsewomen. Why are you the last one to get everything? Yeah. Why are all the other three NXT champions and you are not? Why? Why is Becky Lynch always the afterthought? And now she's the man, and that—that's what people wanted to see. And now we get to see the badass Becky Lynch. And honestly, be- Becky always had this. All they had to do was let Becky be Connor. Mm-hmm. Becky's no different than Connor. Except Connor had free reign to say whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah. And now Becky has the same. And they yeah. get that same, the same exact qualities that have drawn people to Conor McGregor in the UFC, made him a megastar, or, or what Becky possesses, and is going to make her a megastar. She, she's and just I, as quick and just as good.
8: And I wonder how long this lasts, because I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited for Charlotte Asuka and Becky at TLC. I wonder going into 2019, how long does this last? Because now we have dueling feuds with ronda and becky ronda and charlotte how does this all play out leading into the royal rumble and into wrestlemania season where it's i I believe it should culminate at wrestlemania in new york but how do we how do we get there between those three and how i wonder how they're going to manage that because that's what i want to know how are they going to manage those three obviously in different spaces but at the same time it seems like they're all three on a collision course for one another
3: um i really like dre's idea which probably won't happen but you never know, WWE recycle storylines all the time. Um, of Oscar winning the belt here and then Charlotte and Becky going into the rumble to try to quote unquote get their shot back at Oscar and uh being the last two in there and eliminating each other. Like uh Bret Hart and Oh yeah Sid and Psycho Sid like style. Or no it was Bret Hart mm-hmm. and Lex Luger and uh both touching at the same exact time and being like, "Oh shit. So okay, you guys both won. You won to, you know, a triple threat rematch with Oscar?" And they go, "No. We're both challenging Ronda." And you have the wow. triple threat between those two and Ronda, and that's how they switch brands and you let Oscar hold the belt down. Um on SmackDown, you you wouldn't miss a beat. And I I I don't see Becky cooling off at all anytime soon. And this storyline with Ronda, um if she beats Ronda, if Ronda beats her, wh- whatever it may be, she-, she can lose to Ronda, finally beat Ronda at SummerSlam for Ronda's first loss, and then you have Survivor Series after that, which then gives you, okay, Ronda's now like, you know what, The hell with this, she beat me, no more Mrs. Nice Girl, and you have her join Shayna Baszler and the four horsewomen, and, and you finally mm-hmm. have Becky say, you know what, you got your horsewomen, The hell with you guys, I got my horsewomen, and you have the biggest women's Survivor Series Match. I mean, it'd probably be the biggest Survivor Series match period this decade. Yeah. Or new millennium. Like, people would be invested. People would care.
8: And I feel like with these three women and some of the new elements that can be introduced over the next six to 12 months, this really could go on. For quite some time, and I think the evolution of their rivalry is, if if told, if the story is told right, is something that I think could last maybe a solid two years if the story is told right between not only these three, but the introduction of Ashayna Basler and the Four Horsewomen there, some of the elements of, you know, Sasha and Bailey and some of those elements. I, I want to see different iterations and some of the stories kind of connect together that leads this as it continues to go on. Cause I think they have a fascinating story to tell for a, for quite some time if it's done right. And you could have classic matches, I think, between all of these women for several months, in you know, really up to a couple of years to come. I think.
3: No, you're definitely right. Um Before you get out of here, one thing me and Dre have been talking about, where he's kind of like inching back from do the do the women have Lymania?
8: Oh man, because
3: I, I if like, if not now, then when? It, right?
8: Exactly, exactly. That and that, I'm feeling the exact same way. If not now, when? Because honestly, the hottest stories and the hottest storylines right now are with the women and that's just the truth of the matter and if vince can't see that and can't capitalize on that now like i said the question is when does he do it because none of the men right now have a feud worthy enough to headline wrestlemania because i'm not here for brock lesnar headlining wrestlemania for the millionth time obviously roman reigns is dealing with you know his his illness and there really hasn't been any male to really carry a, a storyline that would have me completely invested in. I feel like they botched Daniel Bryan and the Miz. I feel like that could have been a storyline that going into New York City at WrestleMania that could have been a huge story, but they you know got that over and done with fairly quickly. So for me, yeah, I think it's time for the women to headline WrestleMania. Honestly, the bat the match between Oscar and Charlotte this past April in New Orleans. I thought that was the best match, other than the Intercontinental Championship match. I thought Oscar and Charlotte put on the best match of the night there. So, if not now, when? I completely agree.
3: No, I, I agree. I love the Oscar and Charlotte match. Uh, replay value on that match is incredible too. Even though Oscar lost, I thought they told a great story. And for mm-hmm. it to be Oscar's first loss, and I, I thought it was done really well. What they did to her afterwards was shitty, a horrible booking. Right. <laughs> but right. maybe now they, you know, they've seen the error of their ways and give Oscar the push she deserves. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, man. Plug all your stuff so before you get out of here, because once again, I'm on the show all the time, so I enjoy yeah. the show. Uh, let people know exactly where everything's at.
8: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. My name is Kevin Gray, host of the Clutch Talk Sports Radio Live Show. We are live every Monday and Friday on the Sports Radio America network. So you can download the TuneIn app, lock in Sports Radio America, and you can listen to our show there. We are all over social media. On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at CT Sports Radio. And you can download our podcast there. And I'm also the host of what's called the Clutch Conversations Podcast, which I had Kel on a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, as part of our Clutch Conversations Podcast. A fabulous conversation with him there. And you can find that podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast for free as part of the X-Squad Radio Network. So this was fun, man. I'm glad I got the chance to come on with you, talk a little wrestling with you. I know you've got a amazing fan appreciation show that you're putting together. I'm just happy to be a small a small part of it, so I appreciate it.
3: Man, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for, uh, you know, the role reversal and coming on here and chopping it up. I can't wait to talk to you again on your show. Uh, anytime, man. I appreciate it.
8: Hey, most definitely, man. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Thanks. All right, we're rolling on. The next guest coming through right now, Mike is in the corner club right now, but better known to everyone else. It's Mr. IB Bleed Blue, aka Big Blue Boss, my dude on yes Twitter. Sir, yes, sir. Always always hitting us up, always with the lively conversations, um, always talking about this wrestling going on in the world. So it's great to have you on the show and finally get to, I you know, chop that. Yeah, man, chop it up on the mic. You know uh you're helping me out with a segment that's needed this week, which is yes, sir. Our TLC preview. So we're going we to run down some of these matches on TLC. It's crazy to think there's 12 matches.
9: Yes, that's a that's an, a lot of matches they've been having since they uh redid the blend, uh, brand split. And uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be a long night, let's just say that.
3: It's a long one. For, for a pay-per-view that's not the Rumble, that's not Survivor Series, that's not Mania, right. to have 12 matches, like somebody's going to have a three-minute match.
9: We're like, definitely going to get one of those squash matches.
3: Yeah, we're going to be upset. But it is what it is at this point. Like I feel like my boy Finn Balor might lose to Drew McIntyre in two minutes. I almost
9: guarantee it. It's going. To be, it's more or less going to be a a squash match, and just pretty much a coming out party for Drew. I think he's the hot man right now. that's about to get that push.
3: Damn shame they what they doing to Finn Balor. Like he wasn't got, the best NXT
9: champion ever. We got to get him to SmackDown as soon as possible, man.
3: Yeah, as soon as possible. We got to call it a trade right now. No no need for the shakeup. As soon as possible.
9: They can have Samoa Joe, and I'm a Samoa Joe. I love Samoa Joe. That's my guy. But on SmackDown, they're just not treating him right. Send him to the land of the monsters. Let him go hustle with uh, Braun Strowman again. You know, go Finn. You got Finn AJ. You got Finn... Daniel Bryan with the new heel look. I mean, you're talking about matches that's five-star matches. So let's, yeah. let's get that trade in. We'll I'm, be good.
3: I'm here for Finn versus Nakamura for the U.S. title. Listen, <laughs> I, and, any of that. Like, that. talk about Japanese dream matches. Let's bring it back. True.
9: That's true. Let's bring it back. That could have had and like, Kingdom back in the day. So you're right about that
3: one. Let's go. The NXT history, everything behind this. I'm, I'm ready to run it back. Um... Let's go down let's go down the list of matches then. This one is incredible. I don't even know why this is still on there. But uh R Truth and Carmella are taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox in the mixed match challenge finals with the winners entering the thirtieth mm-hmm. spot in the rumble. So you're telling me I'm gonna have to watch R Truth come in thirtieth, not uh, know what yes the hell he's doing, and eliminate himself?
9: You're going to have to watch him come in thirtieth. Immediately go into the seven second dance break. And immediately be eliminated. That's the prediction.
3: Oh my god, Vince hates us. <laughs> like every one of us, Vince hates every single one of us. You, um, you know
9: I'm out on Twitter, man. Vince, Vince gotta go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo,
3: I, he's a little long in the tooth, but I, I feel like he got just he got that tiger's blood. He's getting I, something. And the cat camera, man. He he, <laughs> he he gonna live to one hundred and ten. I agree with you
9: on that, man. And he's not retiring ever. So
3: he's got to, you know, look. Ever. Like <laughs> <laughs> kids who aren't even born yet are gonna be working for Vince McMahon in the WWE. Cause this this guy is living Burby. forever. It is it is horrible. Like listen, man, I best to his family, Mr. McMahon, you've done so much for us as wrestling people. But it's time to go. And if this if this is the only way for you to go, listen, man. This hey, not man, everybody goes out on top. Terrible.
9: I'm willing to send flowers, you know.
3: <laughs> Listen, I I a whole bouquet. I don't I don't care. I'm sending everything, My I'll cater the whole damn thing if they want me to. <laughs> like I'm throwing the <laughs> biggest party possible in respect. I,
9: I, I'm willing to serve everything, man. Whatever it takes to get this done, man. The, the, the wrestling community deserves better, you know. You know, a world leader, but right now they're not giving us what we want they're not giving us what we deserve man so yeah whatever it takes to happen you know unfortunately man i love you vince but uh we man, gotta get
3: you out of here, uh, gotta get you here. <laughs> um let's go ray mysterio versus randy orton in a chairs match i still don't know why this is a chairs match but i'm just rolling with
9: you. i don't believe they've even used the chair but uh let's let's go uh i think he put his neck in a chair once okay i think the viper takes this one right here I think we see an incredible <sighs> RKO out of nowhere and uh, we continue this this feud of him popping up this RKO and people out of nowhere. I think that's pretty much it.
3: See, I, I think he loses. I think Rey Mysterio wins and goes over. And I think Rey Mysterio is the next challenger for Nakamura in the US title. And I think he's the one to finally take it off of Nakamura.
9: Let's see, that's that's the right idea and what should happen. But,
3: I mean, I really don't have to see Rey Mysterio <laughs> with a title in 2019, but I feel like it's going to happen. I, I hope you're right. Yeah, I, uh, there's just too many heels, too many heels on SmackDown. You have to build a baby face.
9: That's true. That's why we need that. We need that that trade to happen. That And Superstar shakeup is going to happen sooner than later. I think they're going to actually probably have one maybe before Mania. Something's going to happen where someone's going to end up on the other show. It's because it's so heel heavy right now with turning Daniel Bryan. So your only main faces right now is AJ Styles and I guess Rusev is a, a face now?
3: Yeah, Rusev because Rusev Day is a face. And uh, Rey, Myster- Rey Mysterio is the second best, best uh, baby face.
9: And Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy. Oh, and Jeff so, Hardy. Yeah,
3: you only got four. And yes, two of those. No, I like- I, yeah, two of those I don't need to see in the title contention. Very much so. So, so we got to do something and it's a damn shame because I think Cian Almas is just kind of buried just because he's a uh, a heel. And That's there's right. just too many heels. Um, I, I don't think he works as a baby face. So, I mean, someone else would have to turn. But I want to see him de- with it. A- no, go ahead.
9: I'm sorry. He, he's got to definitely, you know, stay heel. Uh, I love Selena Val. Uh, Vega with him, everything, every, everything works with what he's got right now. It's just really not enough time, you know. The two hour show, a hour format, I'm a, definitely a fan of. At three hour raw, it gets a little boring of them last hours. Oh, that shit's
3: you know, a marathon. Day. Man,
9: it's it's hard to get through. Sometimes, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I can't tell you the last time I watched the four raw without having to fast forward through countless, you know, talking monologues and sets, and I'm like, oh, I just want to, I just want to watch wrestling. That's it. Like
3: I, I watch on Hulu just so I can just skip through. Um, what else do we have? Match of the night, maybe match of the night, depending on how we um, get that Daniel Bryan match. But we have Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. These two never disappoint.
9: 205 Live, I was a not-believer in until you started talking about it. And I said, you know what, let me go back and look it up. You was right, Kill. You was right.
3: <laughs> Tell me they'll be putting on matches every week. The two of the they <laughs> main... matches every week. I'm telling you, the main event is so just perfect every week. They they build little stuff underneath it, but their main events never miss.
9: I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous right now the talent that they have in 205, and the fact that no one's really being able to watch it. No one's really catching on yet. But in this particular match, I would love to see Cedric Alexander go over, but I believe Buddy Murphy retains, and I'm I think they're gonna set up at Mastu, uh, Mustafa Ali again for a uh, Royal Rumble. I yeah. Think that's gonna- the World
3: I think Mustafa probably wins it at Mania, um, I would give love him that. his Mania moment because yeah, he's just on fire and we saw him on SmackDown. Yeah, you're right. It's just you—you you have to get the belt on the heel sooner or later, right?
9: And I was the thing. Was Buddy? Was he a tweener? Was he a heel? Was yeah. he a? face? He,
3: He—he's a tweener, and then he won it in Australia, so the crowd cheered him, which didn't help at all.
9: Which didn't make any sense at all if you think about it. Because if he's, you know, want him to be a heel, don't give him the belt in his hometown, which really never happens in the WWE, honestly. And it gets the babyface reaction.
3: Yeah, so that was weird. I, I think what we see is Cedric Alexander win, and then we see Leo Rush really make the push for Cedric Alexander. Because Leo just lost to him. I think that feud is just heating up. And I think they put the belt on a heel, Leo Rush, at Royal Rumble. And have them wear it on Raw every week with Lashley.
9: That's definitely a feud I can give you. And that
3: and then you have the heart of 205 Live, Mustafa Ali, go after Leo.
9: WrestleMania? And uh, Le- take money Leo. Leo Rush
3: versus Mustafa Ali. Both been on major TV already. Both right. people, like fa- casual fans would be like, okay, I know who both these guys are. You don't have to put them on the pre-show. And I, I think they put on a, a sh- classic at mania if those two are there with leo rush is annoying as hell already you put the belt on him every week oh he's
9: really annoying give him 10 minutes in mania oh my god
3: <laughs> love it so uh that i think that's the way to go so i i think uh we see cedric get it back um natalia versus ruby riot a tables match i like ruby's pro, promo a lot a lot of people thought it was in poor taste i thought that shit was hilarious
9: it's not really important poor taste. That's the WWE way, man. You know, I think the Enville's looking down, smiling upon it because he's being, you know, he's helping to get his daughter not over, but still be involved. In it.
3: Yeah. She got a TV
9: uh, program. A this is what we do, man. Paul from, uh, when Paul Burr passed away, literally the next week, they was throwing his ashes away. I mean, come on. This is what <laughs> we do. Man. Let's, that, let's calm down. Again. That is
3: it. Like we, we've seen, you know, the entire Hart family in the ring. You know, exactly. we, exactly. we see we've seen Stu take bumps. Like, come on. I' have
9: seen Stu throw punches on pay-per-view.
3: <laughs> Stu, Stu has been? better punches than Shane McMahon. Right oh, to this day. Old man <laughs> Stu throws better punches than Shane O'Mac.
9: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh-oh. But in this uh, I see Natalya probably going over, being that everything has been working out for her to be losing pretty much every week. So I see her going over in this one in a feel-good story.
3: I'm going to pick Ruby right, just because I think uh, Ronda needs one more. Heal the feud with to buy time before mania i think uh this nia Jax thing is a one-off and then um i think maybe ruby riot and the riot squad are, are ronda's next feud
10: okay yeah
3: so i'll take ronda versus ruby at at royal rumble okay so i'm not mad at that um i wouldn't mind ruby being in the match and actually winning the rumble but I, i'm really hoping ember moon takes that this year
9: the, the Rumble, man, I'm really thinking, I'm thinking Becky loses tonight, not to get ahead of ourselves, she loses the TLC, and I actually think she wins the Rumble and sets up that Ronda for Mania. See, that,
3: that's, that's smart, too. Right yeah.
9: That's your main event. Yeah. I was sustain to an injury to get her off TV for a couple of weeks. Her Twitter following her is enough promotion you need for. Her. Get her off the of TV for a week or two. Let us miss her. Yeah. How can we miss if He if won't go away. Let us miss her let her come back in the rumble oh my gosh
3: like the the, like the old school stone cold style pop or when triple h came back from the injury at the rumble that pop we, we'd get that pop
9: john cena and uh, madison square gordon
3: oh when the music hits and he's just sitting there at 30. <laughs> Woo! that pop was ridiculous
9: man that's the pop she can get right now she's the hottest thing in the business
3: yeah all right so we got the bar the new day and the usos this is going to be a good match.
9: This is my match of the night, by her. This is my her. This is my choice for match of the night. I think they're going to steal the show. If they give, they have enough time, oh, yeah, we're going to be in for a good one. I'm,
3: I'm going to take the Usos to win, just because.
9: Yep, I'm agreeing with you, man. The Usos, is their time. No more pre-shows and all these things than me getting. Let's let them shine. Let them get a, a legitimate run with the belts. All the way to Mania. Let's go for
3: murder. Um, then we have... Elias versus Bobby Lashley in a ladder match, a guitar will be suspended above the ring. That makes no fucking sense. Um, give me Bobby Lashley.
9: Uh, man, in, in one of the top five dumbest matches they've ever had, let's be honest.
3: Yeah, who's booking this? I'm Russo? Gonna
9: Elias, man. I'm going to go Elias. Elias it doesn't win a lot of feuds. So I think he might actually take this one. So I'm going to go Elias on this one.
3: Um, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre. We both agreed McIntyre is going to kill Finn pretty sure. quickly. Um, then we have Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, Ronda's not losing but, it. Yeah, she's not losing exactly. anytime soon. Um, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles db takes
9: it db definitely takes him and i don't think they i don't think they really realized how great of a heel he was going to be this new heel run he's on right now is absolutely fantastic he's so hateable for everybody so yeah i think he wins this This should be a great match but i think he pulls it out in the end
3: i really wish they could stretch this to mania i, I don't know how
9: Back down, sad right now. Who do you really have if you think about it? Like, who's his next challenger coming up?
3: None. AJ Styles or Face Miz. It looks like with Shane O'Mac, which is a horrible program.
9: Well, yeah, that would be. I, I I could take them as a match with one each other, but let's not push Face Miz to the top not yet. Mm-hmm. No. match um,
3: All right, the match we all waiting for: Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Oscar. I got Oscar. Uh, I like I like the Oscar prediction. Um, I can see I think
9: Vince. I, I he finally got a crowning moment right here.
3: Yeah, I feel like Vince can go with Charlotte, and Becky can still lose and go in the Rumble, and Charlotte, like you know, is his crown jewel still winning it? Um, but I, I think they both got to be in the Rumble, her and Becky, to carry that feud. I'm taking exactly. Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking yeah. I'm taking Oscar to win this.
9: I believe if Asuka doesn't win this, the berry, it's a blade of flowers on her berry. It's, it's a wrap. It's over. I mean, we've seen her lose to Carmella twice after literally going undefeated for two years plus. Uh, if she loses this and doesn't win the belt, I, I don't know what else to say about her. What else do you do with her? All momentum will be gone. So I, I say, this is it. We've seen her standing tall on uh, SmackDown. She walks away with the
3: belt. Which usually means you're going to lose. <laughs> it it, does. So it you, does. You stand tall at the end of the go-home show, it usually means you're taking that out. But we'll see. But well, we're hoping that
9: we reverse, reverse some things around her.
3: Yeah. Um, and a TLC match is great because no one has to get pinned. Someone just has to pull it, a belt. Exactly. So no one will look uh, weak. Um, then we have Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Uh, I, I thought guess, this was uh, a ladders match, but I uh-huh. guess not. It's a normal-ass match.
9: Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I think we got that on uh, Raw for some odd reason. That's, I don't know about that, why, but then we got that, that ladder match on Raw now. So, yeah, I, I, got, I think maybe Seth goes over. It could be the spot to have Dean go over and then Seth pushes for the rumble. That's one of the rumors I've been hearing, but I'm, I'm going to say Seth goes over in this match.
3: All right. I think Seth's had the belt for a while. I think they give it to Ambrose.
9: I so- mean, I would be perfectly fine with that. Let's push Seth to the top right now. Let's let's finally get him heated up. Let's get him into a good rumble spot. Hopefully the rumble win. That's that's my man's choice for the rumble win.
3: I'm not mad at that, but I just don't see, like, the land of the Giants. But Seth versus maybe, like, a Braun Strowman would be really good. Strowman's champion at that point. Um, yeah, I don't, I, how do you keep Drew McIntyre away from winning? Drew McIntyre has
9: got hotter than fish grease, man. Like and I don't think we've I seen mean that either.
3: No, and, like, this Drew turn on um Ziggler on Ziggler was you know it was only a matter of time so he's just whooping Ziggler's ass and I think that's how you get your your monster matchup that you know makes Vince just go nuts over himself in his office is Strowman versus um is Strowman versus McIntyre so I think that's how you get there um Strowman versus Corbin Strowman gets a rematch for the title if he wins And Corbin gets stripped of his GM powers. Uh, I
9: believe the number squash match of the night. I don't think this match goes longer than five minutes. Strowman wins.
3: I think so too. Strowman wins. Corbin's out as GM, and on the Mania after T or the Raw after TLC, I think we see the new GM, broken Matt Hardy.
9: I'm with it. I'm I, all for it. He's be, be dropping a little hints on on, on Twitter. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm it. Excited. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. That, that the heel, uh, you know, authority figure, it's kind of played out. Let's get something for Let's just get. Let's just have great matches. So yeah, I, I'm with it.
3: Yeah, so am I. So I, I like that as an option. We'll see how that goes, man. But yeah, no nah, thanks. This is something I needed to do. You know, break down TLC. I know it took up your whole fifteen minutes, but I am so glad. You know, just having a wrestling fan on here, we we breaking it all down, got into all the matches, and and really, you know, put our stuff on our road to WrestleMania to see what exactly. we wanted to happen.
9: The corner club road to WrestleMania.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, let everybody know where to find you, social media, all that, uh, plug everything.
9: Hey, man, you can find me on Twitter, Mr. I Believe Blue, uh, underscore Big Blue Boss. Uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, man. Louisville, Kentucky, the Derby City stand-up. It's been a pleasure, my brother. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Uh, I gotta find my way out to Kentucky sooner or later. No, you, like, got, you gotta bring the fiance out to Derby City
9: first Saturday in May. Please come through.
3: Okay, nah. Listen, I'm with it. We, I'm just trying to drink. I'm trying to eat some good food. I heard y'all got plenty of both. Oh, plenty
9: of both, man. We got it down here. Please come through whenever. I read if you do. Let me know. But let me know on Twitter. I saw you around the city.
3: No doubt. We gotta make that happen. Uh, Nah, thanks again for joining us We're rolling right along This is easily the longest episode of the Corner Podcast ever I was going to break it into two parts I ain't doing that Y'all got to sit through everything Because this is the Fan Appreciation Show Good people talking in the building Uh, Let's bring our next guest in right now Andre, what up? Andre Canty Joining the the show Nah, man, I appreciate it Appreciate you coming through Appreciate you giving us some time Um, Man, I, I just found out you know when you when you called in your first Mania experience this year in New York.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to the yeah going to uh, WrestleMania 35. I, I I had to go. I couldn't uh I couldn't miss it. Like our our marriage, our Kane and wrestling is actually kind of big enough for where I live at man. So I, I got to go. I couldn't miss it.
3: So are you going so far? Cause it's still early. But are you planning right. on doing all the all the weekly like lead up stuff? Are you trying to check out NXT on Friday? Try to check out even like the ROH on Saturday. What what are the early plans?
4: Yeah, so that that's the, that's the plan also because also like connect the where I'm from uh, again. You know one of our uh, one of our hometown people is NXT. Um, I forgot what's her name. Um, what, what, is, what is her name? Oh, Bianca Belair. Yeah, I was about to say uh, Bianca. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, she went to yeah, um, yeah. she
3: went to Tennessee for college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she did track.
4: Graduate. She graduated with my sister, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, see uh, the hometown hero, then check out ROH. I haven't, I uh, haven't seen a lot of ROH, so I'm trying to check all of that out. I'm um, going on to WrestleMania.
3: Okay, yeah, um, I definitely suggest doing the indie shows, like going to the indie shows. My fiance loves those more than Mania itself. Like Mania itself is a spectacle. That's just what it is now, right? Right, like, right. The, the fun stuff is the indie shows. Um, we're gonna be out there for Wale Mania. So we'll we'll be there as a podcast and chilling with all our boys, Kaz, um, the whole Wrestle Rap crew. So that's gonna be dope. I think that's cool. on that Wednesday, um, Thursday. There's like Evolve and Wrestle Circus and all, all those good shows. Wrestle Circus like midnight shows.
4: Oh, uh, okay. Like so, okay. It's, it's
3: bananas. There's literally wrestling all day long. Um, WWE always has their like little, uh, I guess, meet and greet joint, like the the We're- fan experience all right which is fun the, they run nxt shows during the day and then of course there's takeover so I, I think yeah just soak it all in it, it's so much fun and then uh you know new york i can't what can i say it's home for me but it, it, it's so fun to, to okay. me best bestie on earth so make sure you go do some new york stuff too it, it's it's gonna be tiring like you're gonna hit sunday be like yo i'm, I'm ready i'm ready to go home Right. But it, oh, okay. it, it's it's that fun, so now nah, you're you're gonna have a blast. Um, we I've actually talked a ton of wrestling now, but I know that you train a little MMA down there. Yeah. Um, you know, same place OSP over at Saint Prince, and and I feel like we're seeing a lot more fighters in general come from that region. Like we ha- like yeah. Deontay Wilder, right? It is yep. kind of like coming out of that region, and and just a, a lot of guys. I feel like. Um, our friend of the podcast uh, um, trains down there too. Uh, big ticket, Wall Harris.
10: Okay, it okay, is down man, there man, cool.
3: in uh, like that region, like the Bamas, the Mississippi's, the the Kentucky, the, you know, just that, that whole area. Ooh,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, Deontay Wilder when he won uh, his Golden Glove championship, he was actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. So he has local ties too.
3: Yeah, Tennessee, like that. That's that's crazy. I, I feel like. There's an untapped wealth of talent down there. Like, exactly. do, do you feel like there's a switch? Like, you you being down there and being in the gym and, and you know training, get your little training on and all that. Like, do do you feel like okay, you know what? Bama and, and the SEC aren't getting all these kids. Like, some right, are actually yeah, looking to right. fight, and we're going to see these talented athletes.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like a lot of uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of like the greatest, like you know, football players, you know. Um, just a lot of people from uh, from boxing, like I said, you know Deontay Wilder. We have a champion from back in the day, John Tate, Big John Tate. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the culture is shifting. You know, like we're we're big on footballs. You know, like the Southeast, you know, football's religion. But, you know, but we're seeing, you know, again through Deontay Wilder, you know, through OSP. You know, like our, our, our southern boys can hit. You know, so, like, uh, we're used to that, uh, you know, in football. So, some of us are transitioning from, you know, from football. If they don't go to the NFL, they go straight into fighting. And uh, the transition's been great. Um, like I said, a lot of people I, I train with uh, also have played football. So, it's like football, wrestling, and boxing background.
3: Yeah, see, that's – to me, that's key. And that athleticism is just uncanny. Like, we're about to see Greg Hardy make his debut.
4: Exactly right. Yep. And, yep. and the
3: guy – in the cage is a monster. Cause you, you take a, a guy who's not just N, a NFL caliber player. He's a pro bowl, all pro caliber player who can no longer do that and transitions those talents into MMA. And it's scary.
4: Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I know there's like talks of like, what if like LeBron ever like made it to like MMA, like that, that would be scary. You know, if you athletic, you know, sometimes that can translate to all sports.
3: Yeah, it's like what what can't they do, right? Like we talk about LeBron playing football. Um, You know, I I couldn't imagine. And I talk to people all the time. Understand, like his skill and hours, and yes, you have to own your craft. But could you imagine? But we see guys like Daniel Cormier, like Dad Bod Cormier, right? Like wrecking stuff. And I love Cormier. But uh, imagine a J.J. Watt or Davion Clowney putting in that amount of time.
4: Right, exactly. I, I know like Chris Walker, like one or two fights. And I think, I think he's undefeated. So, so I think, I think, I think he is. I think, yeah. I don't a think loss. anyone's beat yeah.
3: him. No, like he's just, and he was old by then.
4: Right, right, exactly. Yeah.
3: So it's scary to see these guys, you know, these monster athletes get into the sport. We we have one of those coming up. Someone with rare athletic talent in John Jones, and he's making his his return. Uh, talked about it a little earlier with someone else, but we talked about like the legacy of John Jones. We didn't really well, get into the fight. What what do you expect from John Jones coming back? Is he gonna be rusty?
4: I, I don't expect John Jones like to be rusty. I think I, I think what it is like though. You know, a lot of people see him as one of the greatest of all time. But I think I think I think there's a tremendous pressure. You know, like people will say like, well, he he already done his job. He fought he fought and he won. But I, I think I think for legacy, you know, I think there's tremendous pressure on him. So I think I think he's gonna step up for that. Um, at the same time, you know, like I, I've seen Gustafson like last fight, like he, he seems ready. And I know their last match was like kind of like kind of even, you know, some some would say like Gustafson like was going to win. But I think, uh, I, I think Jones, uh, seeing where his legacy will be, I think, I, I think, I think he's going to give it a go. I, I think, you know, if, if he, if he, if he, if he loses this, you know, you know, some people will peg that, that one, that one like legitimate loss. Okay. Like he's, He's never in that category of greatest of all time, but I think if he if he if he wins this, um, he'll be in that conversation. It'll be solidified. But I think there's a lot of tremendous pressure on him. I mean, I I think he'll stand up. I don't I don't think he'll have like ring rust, as people will say.
3: Yeah, like you touched on it though. The pressure is huge. This this isn't a warm up fight. Like he right. didn't take it easy at all. He he was like, all right, I'm coming back. They're like, okay. By the way, we're giving you the guy who pushed you to your brink. The guy who's giving you the hardest fight of your life, right off the bat.
4: Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, I know, I, I know, Gustav, You know, been he's been hungry. I mean, I got to give it to him. Like you know, I mean, the last title fights he had. I mean, they, they they were close. You know, so I'm like, you know, this is. I mean, I, the most pressure is, is is on is on John. I, I think Gus would be fine, given how the division is. But I think you know, um, if Gustafson wins, you know, it's it will be pandemonium. I I will just say that.
3: Oh yeah, I mean then then a rematch is huge because now John oh, yeah. Jones lost D C B Gustason. Now the MMA math comes into things. What if or you know the biggest what if becomes what if he was always on steroids?
4: Right. Yeah. What, what if yeah. this is
3: the first time he was clean and he got washed?
4: Right. Yeah. You know, and that and, and that and if they and if that's the case, you know, like some would say, like, well, if he, you know they'll get that like as a slight to Gustafson. Like, you know, like if, if he won if he win, did like did he really win? Like there'd be so many like uh tricky parts into that. So you know, like, um, you know, but yeah, I, I just think like, yeah, with that and the steroids. You know, same thing with like uh you know um with Silva, like is that are they gonna be it's gonna be asterisks by their name, you know, decades from now when it comes to the goats, you know, I don't know. Um but I and, hope that's not to, the me, case.
3: to me with Anderson Silva, I think It's hard to now, after he's popped for so many tests, and, I mean, the man hasn't won a fight since 2013, since the Weidman thing. It's hard to look at him and say, okay, Usada started here. He was never the same. Did he get old overnight? Or was he always a guy? And, you know, I'm not... The sport itself was dirty for a long time.
4: Right, exactly.
3: Was he one of those guys? Was he the Johnny Hendricks, who was just... So it looks as though he was so dependent... On taking something that he was nothing without it, Uh, T.R.T. Belfort. Even though Belfort bounced back several times after it was banned, but there was nothing like when he was on that. Um, It's just crazy to see. Like is John Jones the next one to get to get thrown under that bus?
4: Right, I I I hope I, I hope I hope not, you know, I you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm, I'm a huge like like you know, like like DC fan. I'm, I'm a huge DC DC fan just cuz you know what he represents and you know, just coming from where he come from, but you know, I want to you know, I I hope you know with with the Jones thing, it's a retribution story, you know. Um I just hope you know like uh he wins, but again, if he don't, it says he he's not going to be he's not going to be in that conversation, you know.
3: Yeah, it immediately mm-hmm. takes him out of it cuz of the other circumstances around it. Uh, right. another fight at UFC 232, Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunez. Champ versus Champ. Cyborg, yeah. Cyborg looks as unbeatable as John Jones. Just on the women's side. Do you do you think Amanda has a chance to beat Cyborg?
4: You know what? I think you know, that's a you know, that that is a harm because you know, I think, you know, I mean for the last couple of years, you know. Except for maybe like the bullet fight, Amanda Nunes has been tearing through a lot of people, like some like like champions, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, but she, but it's, it's, that's that one thirty five, you know. But with Cyborg, I think, I think like you said, I think she's just so like un, unbeatable, you know. I don't, I don't think it'll be like a, um, like a knockout per se. It, it, it could go decision, like you know, like she was with like uh, Holly Holm. I, I think, I think Nunes will give her give her some trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, now if it goes to the ground. I think, I think Nunez will get her if it goes to the ground. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen enough fights. So sorry, I don't, it, probably because she knocked everybody out. I've i don't see her she, groundwork. <laughs> she's
3: never had to use it, but she's, okay. like, legit in jujitsu. Like, okay. really, okay. really good at jujitsu. Um, She rolls with Gabby Garcia, who's 260 oh. pounds, okay. and is one of the best, you know, jiu practitioners in the world. I mean, oh, world, yeah. world-class caliber, and that's her best friend, and they roll together. So when you roll with huh. someone who's, like, 260 – Right, and then you get Amanda Nunez, who's one thirty-five. I think you'll do it right on the ground. Oh, she just okay. never she All just right. never yeah. has to use it though. But a lot of people don't know that, right? Because <laughs> yeah, we we've never had to see. I would love for her to have to use that part of her game,
4: right?
3: Like, ooh, Cyborg by submission might have to be my sneaky like little ten-dollar bet that I put down.
4: Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, would love to see that. Yeah, cause I, yeah, I, I, I had no idea. You know, I, I see what Nunes has done, but yeah, I, I think, you know, like, you know, she been the cyber been blowing through everybody else, you know. And I think with well, Holly, you know, it's more like on, like, you know, on the feet. But uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I know like the the John the John Jones fight. Well, the John Jones fight is gonna be like the top headliner for obvious reasons. But you know, I'm, I, I'm real like invested in that, that that women's fight. I, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be a a-, a wash for Nunez at all. I-, I think she will be competitive, and I and I she got the hands. I do know that um, with the added weight, I don't know, but I know as far as the hands, um, and it may be a speed advantage. But at the same time, Cyborg is <laughs> frequently fast too. So I think you know, with everything is checked off, it-, it it may be just Cyborg, but it's it not by knockout. I say by decision or submission.
3: All right, before uh, yeah. before we let you go out of here. I want to know one thing: Does yes, Conor McGregor fight again, and who does he fight?
4: You know what? I think, I I, I think he will. I, I think, um, I think he's in the same categories, almost like John Jones. Not as far as like greatest of all time, because I think you know us. Um, we know we always have like our, our five, and they always interchangeable. But I think legacy and pride wise, mm-hmm. I, I I think Conor will. Now, as far as who who he will fight. I, I think I think he would he would have to get one more with uh, Khabib just, just because of what happened not only the, the loss but what happened after the loss so I, I just think you know not only money wise hype wise pride and legacy wise he, he has to he he has to avenge that loss now uh, you know he can always fight uh um, you know blessed uh, Max Holloway um, which you know, is a different Max Holloway than he was from back you know from back in the day but I just think you know for pride and legacy. Um, because, you know, like, is his stock going down because of that, you know, because of loss? I'm not really sure. I feel um, like
3: that brawl helped his stock not drop because it, it took right. away from him getting mauled in the cage. And all people talked about was the brawl afterwards.
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know if you said it, somebody else, you know, it's almost like a, a, like a, like a, like a double term. Like, you know, with some, some song. you know, yeah. some, as as the hero more, more than, the. uh, more than the heel. So, but yeah, I, I think, you know, he has to get one more uh, with, with Khabib. I think, I, I think we all could benefit from that fight.
3: No, I definitely do. A lot of big fights on the docket here in 2019. Hopefully we get to see the Cormier-Lesnar fight. Um, maybe another Cormier-Jones fight. Just, just so much. Tony is talking about taking on Max Holloway. It's, so much is in front of us. It's going to be one hell of a year in MMA. Um, nah, thanks for coming through and, you know, chopping up for us. Uh, let everybody know where to find you, though. Plug all your stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just uh, you know, Andre underscore uh, Canty on everything else. Uh, Instagram, Andre underscore Canty. Same thing with Facebook and Twitter. I, I don't have a lot of like stage names because I, I I write, you know. So I write for local papers. So I just keep everything as it is. So Listen, Andre me underscore too. Canty. Kell
3: Dansby, no gimmick.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> nah, that's what's up, man. It's always good, you know, to. To get fresh voices on the podcast and chop it up, definitely have to come through again. You know, we talk longer and we get into some wrestling and everything next time.
4: Yes, sir. You know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll hopefully I'll, I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all in uh, in New York during the WrestleMania weekend. Oh, you'll definitely see us.
3: Yeah. Nah, just hit me up. Anything you need, um, we'll be at all the shows. If you need to know, like what some of the smaller shows you should check out, uh, I'll give you the info. You come through, we chill.
4: Yes, sir. That'll work. I appreciate it, man.
3: Yeah. Anytime. Uh, nah, man. It's great. Great having you on. So that was Andre. We're rolling into the next guest right now, Busy J. On uh, social media platforms, we always communicate. Usually Instagram, Busy J seven nine one on there. J, what's up? Thanks for joining.
1: Not so much, man. How's everything with you?
3: Nah, it's good, man. It's good. It's been a a good day, a long day. Um, you know, recording these interviews. I love it, though. I always love doing this show and getting a ton of different voices. Um, years past, you know, it's been like four people per uh, fan appreciation episode. Today, we got 12.
1: Oh, nice.
3: Yeah. So uh, putting in that work today. But it's real cool. It's real fun. <clears throat> I'm glad you took the time out to, you know, sit down with me and chop it up. And we I've talked a lot, a lot of combat sports so far today. But we get to talk about a different area, uh, something that could turn into a little bit of combat sports. Kanye versus Drake. And <laughs> Calabasas Kanye strikes again. It, it looks like he's off the meds. He's out of his mind. He's starting stuff just, you know, just for cause, just for trouble, for attention. He got his wife coming all out the background, trying to defend him. It, it's Kanye at the point where he's a problem, not just to himself, but to everyone around.
1: Oh, absolutely. He's beyond a problem. Not even to himself, but to his family. You know. Poor Kim getting in the middle of everything now. So that adds a whole new dynamic to everything. And I'm about ready for this uh, Chi-Town triple threat match to happen some point next year.
3: (laughs) I feel like Kim loves this, though. I feel like Kim is Stephanie McMahon, where you know she's going to take the bump, but she's always out there around Triple H anyway. You know she's going to get put through the table. You know something's going to happen to Steph, but she just has to interfere. That is what Kanye and Kim are <laughs> to me. They are Trips and Stephanie McMahon, and unfortunately, we have Drake, who has no scruples, who will pull her through a table.
1: Oh, absolutely, Drake, because uh, he's definitely an old school WWE, early WWF kind of figure, and I just think that you know Kanye and Kim better be careful because I'm pretty sure Drake he's been win- he's been wanting to smoke for quite some time, so he has ammunition ready to
3: go. Oh, you bring that up? I think you're right, because I'm telling you, the Pusha T beef, as good as it was, and I still think Pusha T won. It felt like most of that Drake diss was towards Kanye. And and he was hoping Kanye came at Adam, hoping Kanye pushed it, and Kanye didn't. And then now, listening to Sicko Mode back, it's like, yep, you know what? That... That is another dig at Kanye. There was some song back in the day where he's like, yo, my pool is bigger than Kanye's, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's been on Kanye little by little for a long time. I feel like this might be the breaking point where we finally see them, you know, at least lyrically go at it. I'm not not sure if Kanye raps anymore. He does, like, Scooby-Doo-Bee-Boop music. Right. But if he felt like rhyming, this would be a great time to start again.
1: He better, because I feel like this has all the makings of a Jaru 50 all over again, because Kanye's on the decline. We're really not checking for him. You know, what he did with Trump, that's a whole other topic for another day. So, Kanye got to be very careful. He's got to swim very, very careful in this one, because I could get ugly real fast.
3: Do you think Drake is at the point where he can, I mean, for lack of a better word, 50 cent Kanye, where he can literally... End the career. And people buy the stupid sneakers, which are ugly as hell now. The new sneakers are whack. Um but People will buy those, and he can pretend to be a fashion icon, but you, he would be more of a socialite than a music... Can he end Kanye's music career with a diss track? Is he on that level?
1: He's almost at that level, but he could definitely... Blackball him in a lot of sense of working with other talents because he's Kanye's at that point now where not everybody's checking for him. You know, you talk about the sneakers. I still see them in stores and all over NYC, and that's something we didn't think we'd be able to say maybe like two years ago. So fast forward now I think it could be problematic. I think Drake is he's about ready to get Kanye out, out the box. So we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, see that's that's the the crazy dynamic of it is hip hop beef quote unquote. Isn't beef anymore, right? It's social media. I'm talking to you. You talking to me? Let, let's make a little video. I'm push you on Instagram. I'm expose you. And, and to me, it always seems like Kanye is a guy with a lot to lose in that scenario. Because I feel like Kanye might have a lot of skeletons, and you don't want to go poking the bear.
1: True, true. But you know, he has a very resourceful wife, kind of like you said, like Stephanie. Kim Kim will come out of nowhere. Next thing you know, we see a picture with Kim, Drake's baby mom, and Drake's son, which we haven't seen a picture of his son yet. How jacked up would it be if Kim was the one to produce that first picture?
3: (laughs) I feel like she could fly to Paris to make that happen right now. Exactly, exactly. No, and see, that's that's crazy. And then now we get Travis Scott pulled into it. So now it's kind of like a little bit of a, a family feud. Kanye's mad at Travis. And now Travis is like, yo, chill out. We're not really family. Like, we're not family family. Like, you just happen to be the husband of my baby mama, which he doesn't even call him her his girlfriend. Right. So, like, I, I feel like this holiday season might be rough in a Kardashian household.
1: Oh, absolutely. A lot of tense. It's going to be a tense holiday season this <sighs> year, this time around.
3: And... Going even like, I feel like this family has just so many different angles right now. It, it it's amazing. So one thing I've, I've always been one. There was the Kardashian curse. It seems like Travis broke that curse, right? It, it's still early. Yeah. Like some shit can go really wrong for Travis Scott. But I feel like right now he he's breaking the curse uh, of the Kardashians. But I feel like the the next the next sucker is just right around the corner. Looking at he's how... in Philly, he's in Philly. <laughs> oh, you're doing my <laughs> Ben Simmons like that.
1: Ben Simmons, yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, well, I feel like Ben Simmons is like the guy who really wants the girl. She's giving him no play, but he's just hanging on. She might have friend zoned Ben Simmons. Ah, I and believe she,
1: that. I, I she's not even the cute playing, one, right? right? No, that's that's definitely it. the cute one. Is definitely Queen uh, Kendall. So, oh, no.
3: No wait, 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 wait! Kylie's the cute one. I mean, Kendall. Kylie, yeah, Kylie, okay. Kylie's Ky- the cute one. Well, before she Kendall's did the lip shade one, you yeah. know, Kylie, Kylie's still kind of cute, but the, the the lips sometimes get a little exaggerated for me. But well, I mean, um, she definitely looks the best out of two. So Kendall kind of just looks like she looks like Wednesday Addams to me. Wow. She's always she was, sulking. That's a good analogy. Great like analogy. analogy. <laughs> she she does. She's always sulking. She got the straight black hair a lot of times. She's mad thin. She just, like, moves around. Like, uh man, there was this villain in the Powderpuff Girls. <laughs> and he was, like, the rocker dude. And he was a snake. And he I just, like, s- he skulked around. And he switched, like, from side to side. But he was always just, like, mad lanky with it. That's who she reminds me of, too. So it's not even a cute one. How oh, do you get friend zoned by the ugly sister?
1: <sighs> That's what happens when your name is
3: bigger than, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he fell in love with the name.
3: That that is a rough life, getting friend zoned by the ugly sister. Um, yeah, that's ugh, bad. Bad for Ben Simmons. You just really brought Ben Simmons into this and just had to ether his whole <laughs> holiday season. <laughs>
5: hey.
3: Um, no, with, with Kanye and, and the whole beef angle and, and just hip hop, you know, from him from a hip hop standpoint, are you now over the point of hearing music from Kanye? We we all know like if. People roasted me on Twitter when he, you know, started waffling back and forth on this Trump stuff. And he was walking through Chicago and he was like, oh, I'm going to build my headquarters and bring the factory to Chicago and give jobs. And he was like walking down the the west side again and all this stuff. People like, oh, Kanye is trying to go home. He's trying to be good again. He knows that he was used by Trump and blah, blah, blah. And and stop being so hard on him. I was like, yo, this brother needs help. Like, this isn't giving back to his community. This is no one likes me, let me go find some, you know, let me go give back so I can feel loved. Like, to me... He's not doing it
1: from an open heart.
3: No, it it feels like, one, I I don't care to hear new music by him. Because the shit with the the inflatable Michelin men was horrible, like, the block Michelin, I'm past that. And and to me, it feels like we're, sadly, inching towards the the end of Kanye West. And I mean, like, mortality-wise. I feel like I'm hearing a lot of bad shit. We're usually here, and then six months from now, we're we're playing, you know, the best of and and, and montages.
1: It's funny you say that because I felt like that was a narrative for Takashi beforehand. Like, everybody was like, he's ready to self-destruct. You know, we're going to be talking about him in the same token of, you know, being the one that passes early. But I kind of knew that was going to play out the way it played out. For Kanye, I kind of agree with you. I think we're all tired of hearing him. From him until he gets out. Once he gets help and cleans up his act, then come back into the music genre. But until then, I think we're done with him, man. The culture is done with him.
3: He's a rat. Uh, now you talked about Takashi. You weren't surprised to see Takashi, you know, actually get get locked up on something. I, I always thought because you just look at him and those pictures were out there and everything. You can get a million tattoos and anyone from New York, you know, you in New York. Anyone from there knows there is definite detachment for certain people from the block. Like, I, yeah. I go back to the block now. It's all good. You know, same people I grew up with. You know, again, Pounds, we chilling. We go get a Jamaican patty from White Plains Road. We come down. Like, you know, every everything's love. You know, at night, we yeah. chilling on top of the car. Someone go buy some nutcrackers. Everyone's drinking. It's fun. But there's everyone knows there is a separation from me and the block, and everyone respects that. So they're like, cool, you went away, you're doing your thing, you know, you, you're on the, the up and up, you got the legal joint, you're doing your journalism, everything's cool, everyone's proud. It's no different when someone like hoops or balls. You come back to the block, but everyone takes care of you. It seemed to me like he was trying too hard. Like he wasn't that on the block.
1: Yeah, he was, he was faking it too hard. He was faking it way too much.
3: And, and ends up locked up because of it, and then now what? Like, what now for New York? I mean, you got you got the ear to the streets. You there? What's the, like, is, and this is it's crazy because again I say everything is pro wrestling, right? Right, right. Is New York hip hop like WWE now? Where you know what? We just got to say fuck it, and we just got to hand it over to the women. Because right now at the WWE, we just got to say fuck it. The women are carrying everything. Like, carrying we, everything. It's just true. Like cool. Like we love it. Like. I like Sasha and Bailey. They probably should be tag champions. Charlotte's still Charlotte. Ronda's running her stuff. We got the man who's the hottest act in the company. And I feel like New York hip hop's the same way. It's like, I, yeah, I care more about the, really. the, the the female MCs. and Like like Cardi's Becky Lynch right now. Like there, there's, no, there's no man with a name. Like there's old heads. Like what, we're going to talk fabulous. It's like the Triple H of the crew we're talking jada he's he's john cena like there's there's no Good one point. new like every everyone is there like we're, we're pulling all these old heads out from new york cam still spitting He like randy orton where we kind of have to respect him but we really don't want to listen anymore you know jay comes through every now and then like Shawn michaels to bless us with something We see the god but outside of that there's no one there's no one new it seems like it, it's, no. we should just be focusing on the women. How does freestyle heard this year was from uh, young MA?
1: Who is more like, who is like a Ronda, but only not as, you know, not as, you know, cherry cotton Ronda Ronda. She's more like hardcore. Like if Ronda was real seasoned in WWE, yeah. that's who young MA is. She,
3: she'd be like a heel Ronda. To me, she's Nia Jax right now. Ah. Where it's, okay. it's, it's a different look, Better. and it's gritty, and... But you still gotta gotta rock with it, like, like I, I I really feel I feel like the women in New York hip hop are just like running away with it.
1: I, yeah. Absolutely, and and it's funny you mentioned that because I think I want to say Remy is more like Charlotte, whereas she could definitely get the top spot whenever she wants it. So yeah, I kind of agree with you with that analogy. Who do
3: we gotta make Nikki then? Whew. Is Nikki Alexa Bliss? N- Nikki, Nikki could really Nova. be Paige right now. <laughs> Like Nikki could be page where she could just there step aside go. and not she's rock page.
10: anymore. On
0: yeah. Like we respect you.
3: We respect you for what you did, but you did it way too young and now you out of here. Yep. So yeah, I feel like Nikki, Nikki got to get her page on right now. And talk. Nikki's lost her damn mind. Can you make any sense out of that one?
1: Uh, not at all. Not at all. You know, but Hey, she's happy. You know, she's in a state. She's being quiet because I think she's another one of those who get the smoke in 2019. Just keep on poking you know the hottest right now. Keep poking her and you're going to get you're going to get it.
3: Yeah, I feel like she was quiet but now she's dating this this dude who has five kids and may or may not be a convicted murderer and rapist. Like she just can't stay she can't avoid drama to save her life. And I feel bad for my boy Safari cuz I watch him in hip hop every now and then. And Safari's my dude. I think he's hilarious. I feel like he's been normal the whole time
2: and she's batshit crazy.
1: The entire time he's been normal. And, you know, he, he's, who had a bigger come up than Safari? From being the guy in the background that no one took seriously to where he's at right now. Well, no one still takes him seriously, but at least he's respected for being himself.
3: Yeah, like he's, he's the guy you laugh with, no longer the guy you laugh at. Exactly. And I feel like yeah, like he just needed to ditch Nikki. She she was the problem. So yeah, now she's spiraling out of control. But now nah, it, right now, yeah, New York hip hop is pro wrestling. I can't wait to see where it goes, man. Um, now nah, I I thank you again. It Fifteen minutes flew by, but I thank you for joining us and exactly. being a, a guest today. And it's it's always dope, you know, interacting social media and everything. Um, let people know where to find you. Plug all your stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely hit me up on Busy J, social media, all the same thing on Instagram, Twitter. You know, look for my work on TheSource.com. I appreciate you guys for getting me into the journalism game and motivating me and inspiring me. And real quick, since I'm working on an article for The Source for the top five albums of the year, what's your top five albums of the year?
3: Oh, top five, top five is rough. I'll give it to you real quick, though, because I think I've got to rank them for, like, next week's show anyway. Um, no order yet, okay. but give me Astro Astroworlds. Um, give okay. me the push album. Uh, okay. I'll take this Meek album that just dropped. Uh, t- just hip hop okay. or hip hop okay. and R and B?
1: Hip hop and R and B.
3: Uh, I feel like there was a a really dope H E R album. Okay. I gotta look that up, but I I think. That was a good album. Um, damn, there was. I know I'm forgetting something. Hold on, I got it right here. Uh, I, I feel like I can just go on my recent and so my. You know what? I I might put the Jane and Smith joint up there. That was a good album. My uh my fiance loves that album. She's been playing that shit crazy, and that shit slept on. Yep. So the the Jane and Smith joint. Um, no, okay, and I really like the uh black album. So, East Atlanta Love Letter?
1: Oh, yeah, that was a very slipped on album as well.
3: So, gimme, oh, that might have to be bumped. Did ASAP come out this year? This is a long-ass year.
1: This is a long year in music, yeah. Uh, Long year for music.
3: A lot of people don't like it. I like ASAP Rocky testing a lot. So, put that in there instead Mm -hmm. of East Atlanta Love Letter. I'm going to get this refined. What are your top five?
1: Oh, I'm still working on it, but I would definitely. Definitely say it's it's definitely Astro World. Uh, Meeks, I'm gonna put Meeks' last album number two. I'm um, damn, it's it's so. I my list is so, it's so complicated because like you said, it was a great year. Drake had a great album, minus See, what people think about it. See, it just had yeah, too many awesome. songs.
3: I feel like if it was a little shorter, it would have been great.
1: Yeah, totally agree.
3: Um, no yeah it's a great year of music no, definitely next year next next week on the show uh, listen we're I'm, we're gonna have it refined and packaged and I'll drop my top five albums and we'll make it happen alright um, I, I appreciate you coming through like I said nothing but support man anything you need let me know um, you know I'll check out everything just post your links all out check out all your stuff at the source can't wait Number great things man
1: uh, likewise hopefully I can see you this Wrestlemania coming down and you oh, have shoot the breeze
3: you already know I'm gonna be there Corner Club's in the building. I feel like everyone's going to be in New York. Uh, We're planning big things. Trust, the merch will be out and popping, too. So so we're rolling on NYC and Corner Club merch. All right, no doubt. Thanks. All right. right, Rolling on to the next uh, interview. Man, tons of guests. Gotta love this week's show. Next up, we have Greg Coleman, supporter of Corner Club for as long as I can remember. Um, Damn, it's been a long time, Greg. I feel like I've followed you on on social media. But I, I I love following your IG and your fitness journey and man, I am so hyped that you're on the show today.
10: Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Kel. I appreciate it. This is exciting.
3: Yeah, man. Um yeah, you've been listening what? I I feel like it's a good 3 years.
10: Yeah, so like I think I didn't start listening right when you guys started, but I remember um I think it was Andreas who had went on Taxstone's show. Yep. And just kind of talked about it and then um a friend of mine mentioned it hey i know you like kind of boxing mma and wrestling and so maybe you would like this podcast and i started listening to him and actually went back at that time and like backlogged them all and yeah i been rocking with you guys ever since man my favorite podcast so
3: man that is amazing like yeah, I feel I feel like tax owned free tax has been locked up for like a, a two and a half years. So that that tells you that like puts time on that.
10: Yeah, he really has, man. It's like it's crazy how fast time goes by, but yeah, that's how I got into you guys and so yeah, it's like corner Friday mornings and then when you guys went to early, it's like cool. It's like the gift of the morning when I get on my phone and then uh see that you guys dropped. It. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you're you're always plugging us, man when when you um you go and you start your workouts and everything and listening to the show. What what started you on this fitness journey? And once again, people fo- follow him on Instagram he'll plug everything right before we get out of here. It's amazing. And you are motivation. I feel lazy as hell every day. So I'm going <laughs> to get like you here in a second like you are on it. And uh it's really really a lifestyle change and super inspirational. What what made the change?
10: Okay, so my journey started in 2006, so um, I had t- taken a position in Florida, um, it was for an administrative residency, and so basically it was kind of like an internship, because I was getting my master's in health administration, and I was going through an employee health screening, and I was overweight at that time, I had been you a know, fat kid, everything like that, um, and they hooked me up to like an electronic blood pressure monitor and it beeped. And like the red light was going off and everything like that. So one of the nurses was in there and they was like, Oh, that's weird. It must be something wonky or whatever. Unplugged it, reset it or whatever like that. Hooked me back up to it. It beeps again. It wasn't beeping because the blood pressure monitor was bad. It was beeping because my blood pressure was that high. Wow. Um, and yeah, so you know, I credit those nurses and I remember it because they all all their names started with B. So it's one of those moments where you remember where you were. I think their names were Barbara, Betsy, and Beverly. those are the three nurses. and these were like old school nurses like they didn't kit kid glove me or at all. They said, if you don't get this handled, you're gonna die. And you know when you're told that, I was 23 at the time and it's like, I have much more life ahead of me than I've already lived. Um, so I went and spoke to a doctor He he um, referred me to a friend of his who was able to get me in that day, got me started on medication. Um, and there was a gym maybe like five minutes away from that doctor's office, which was really close to my job and, um, started there, never looked back. Um, you know, kind of got into three days a week. The more I learned about it, um, the more confident I got, the more knowledgeable I get, and I started to see that progress and those results. It really became a healthy obsession for me. And then, um, a, you know, a couple years ago, so I lost a lot of weight, gained some back. And then um, 2016, I got certified as a personal trainer because I felt um, my story would be really relatable to people because I think I would be able to really speak to people at all levels of their fitness journey going from uh, those who felt like there was no way for them to get the weight off. They didn't know where to start. They felt like it was too difficult uh, to those who have been in it for a while have kind of hit a plateau um, to those just, who want to maintain and continue to progress and get to the next level. So, yeah, that's what really started it for me. It was just that moment of, hey, um, you need to do something about this. Otherwise, it could get really, really bad. And ever since then, hey, I've been at it. And um, I would encourage everybody, you know, if it's something you want to do, just get started. Trust me, um, I was right where you were, if you feel like you don't know uh, how to get started, you don't have the time, um, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So that's the synopsis of the journey. Word up, man. It's so inspiring to watch. Uh, I see you post uh, quotes from
3: The Rock all the time.
10: Yeah, I do. Um, he's one of my favorite fitness followers. And I think the cool thing about The Rock is that he shows you the full – gamut of it so you know he'll show you him crushing it in the gym and like that guy's crazy like (laughs) i'm not really (laughs) like a power lifter like the rock is doing like insane 450 pound hip thrust and all that kind of stuff It's nuts but then he'll also post the pictures of like his epic cheat days which to me are his his my favorite post from him um like back in the day he used to eat like Two dozen donuts, four pizzas, and I'm like, that's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> that's <laughs> what hell of a cheat day. That's like what? my
7: cheat week. I could eat all that no. in a week.
10: I know, like I would literally, I would be sick if I tried to eat that much food. But it's like he says, um, when you're on set for 13 hours and you're lifting heavy weight and you're eating really strictly the rest of the days, so you can kind of get away with it. So, but
3: no, that that's crazy. Um. Nah. So yeah, we we brought you on the show so we can talk wrestling. Let's talk wrestling. I want to talk NXT. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Down to talk NXT. Um. We're just catching up on some recent stuff. To me, and it's I love where the feud was and, and Gargano and Chomp had some of the best heat. I think it's run its course. To to me, the main title now feels like Ricochet's title, and that's just not being a Ricochet mark.
10: No, and you know, I would agree with that. And that's why I was excited when Jampa and, and Dream got the match at TakeOver War Games mm-hmm. because I felt like it was a good idea to kind of get away from that feud for a little bit. Um, I still think they're going to come back to it because it almost seems destined, if Gargano's going to get the belt, that he should beat Jampa for it. Um, but um, I agree with you about um, Ricochet. And it's kind of weird because it's like after the Gargano-Jampa feud ended, it did kind of feel like what was next for Jampa. Um, But Ricochet, it, it seems like there was a little tease after war games when him and Dunn were standing on top of the cage where they still kind of looked at each other like, yeah, okay, we did this for the night but there's still unfinished business between us two. Yeah. And I think just having that secondary title, um, I would be surprised if the undisputed era was completely done with Ricochet. Like, I could see, you know, Roddy Strong um, coming back into the picture approaching it that way. Or, um, you know, with Tyler Breeze showing back up on Wednesday, which was a shock, um, kind of a pleasant surprise because I had been wondering what was going on with him. Um, kind of curious if they would have a talent who's not being used on SmackDown or Raw come back to NXT and challenge Ricochet for that title at some point.
3: I would love I would love for that to be, like, quote-unquote, the gimmick for that belt. Yeah, me Where too. It's kind of like the open challenge was when what? John Cena had it on the main roster and people just show back up and challenge for the title. Like, I, I'm okay with you know, we have Ty Dillinger show up next week. Exactly. You know, or, or not even like that that soon, but like, you know, in a month or two months, you bring Ty Dillinger. You have Apollo Crews come down and wrestle a match. Right. You know, just guys who were like, man, you were really the that dude when you were down here or you had so much potential. I mean, we're all it's just kind of not clicking yet. Exactly. So you don't have to come down here permanently, but you know what, let's just get the juices flowing again. Bring right. you down here, get you that pop, get everyone talking about your name, and then see if we can work you back into something uh, on the main roster. So I, I think that's something we continue to go into. And right now, I, I just need new feuds. Like you said, I, I feel like I've seen the same old thing play out over and over and over. Maybe everything is, like, finally finished at the Rumble, and at that NXT TakeOver Phoenix, I uh, plan on being there. But for Mania, definitely, we need some new blood. They They have guys... Like Keith Lee. Now right. who showed up. Uh Matt Riddle. We have uh Donovan Dijak, who's Dijakovich.
10: Dijakovich. <laughs> uh,
3: and uh <laughs> like, you know, the dr- dream is still gonna be there. Dream right. is twenty three. Dream is dream, baby. got it. got a dream on. Um Yeah, and then it looks like Alistair Black may actually get the title back, and then that that'd be him, and someone has to chase him. Maybe Adam Cole. Pushes as the to top heel and goes for the main belt. Right. You know, first person to hold both titles. That's when Hell of an Honor and Undisputed Era, you know, just reigns over everything. I, I want to see stuff shaken up. And I, I think that's where we have to get next in NXT. Um, main roster wise, are... Raw seems to be struggling. Do you find it hard to really buy into <laughs> Raw? <laughs> Understand. Okay, so you're not you're not one of the hopefuls that say, you know what, Raw's not that bad.
10: Um, I mean, I think it, my watching Raw is just like Andreas has said numerous times when people ask him, Well, you complain about it all the time, why do you watch it? Because I'm a wrestling fan. It's like if it's on, I'm going to watch it at least in some point. But, you know, it's like some Mondays where it's like, okay. I don't watch that much of the Monday night football game. Um, But then there's others. It's like, well, I can just watch Raw the next morning. Um, Because it's just like, really, it's really kind of bad. And, you know, a big issue that I have with Raw and, you know, SmackDown to a lesser degree. Because I think they have the more talented wrestling working roster. It's just, like, talent utilization. It's just, you have so many people, so much talent, and, like, you steadily have the same matches in some form or fashion over and over and over and over again. So,
3: Yeah, something, but, something needs to change. Becky Lynch is really saving SmackDown, though.
10: She really is. Women's and, wrestling
3: in general. Women, I was yeah. just talking about this with the last guest. I feel like women's wrestling is carrying... The promotion
10: absolutely like if you were to remove if you were just completely remove the becky charlotte ronda oscar situation it's like you would really just be left with the new daniel Bryan because nothing which
3: i like but nothing else yet yeah, nothing else yeah. really makes me feel good right now exactly yeah, no, that's that's a damn shame. It's a, it's a dark day. But usually this is where, like, WWE cools off. It's really all about what they do at the Rumble. And you can really spark mania by what you do at the Rumble. There's a lot of time. Um, actually, I guess not that much time. It's only a month away. Um, a little over a month away. But if you had to pick today, who wins the men's Rumble, who wins the women's Rumble?
10: Oh, man. Okay, so... <laughs> This has kind of changed because now with them going back to co-branded pay-per-views, it was kind of easier to predict when you just had like the one pay-per-view and they kind of alternated or whatever like that. Um, But based on what they did on Monday and because Nakamura won the Rumble last year and he was from SmackDown, Mm -hmm. I think a Raw guy is going to win it this year. So I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins. Um, my dark horse pick, and this might just be my fandom, and just if all else fails, this would give him a shot of adrenaline with his character. It would be Finn Balor winning.
3: Oh man, um, I've, I said the same thing. You're you're the second person today to pick Seth Rollins, by the way. But I really yeah. want to see Finn like, and just yeah, I would. have him challenge Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. I, I don't even yeah. go for the Raw title.
10: Yep, and that was going to be my other thing, that I would want him to win and then say, hey, he knows he's never going to get a fair shake on Raw or something like that. All of my friends are on SmackDown. I feel like the better champion is on SmackDown. I want Daniel Bryan. Um, I think that would be an excellent twist. And then you can still get to Rollins and Lesnar, which is what they're leaning to. Yes. Um, I feel. And... On the SmackDown side, uh,
3: Smack. the
10: women's side. The women's side of it, I would say either Becky or Charlotte or Andreas's idea where they both stumble out and you get the triple threat match with Ronda at WrestleMania, which definitely I believe a women's match will headline WrestleMania this year.
3: So Becky definitely has to lose the strap here at TLC because she has to win the Rumble to
10: go against Ronda. Right. I think so because I just think I th- the is it seems like the path is setting up to where two of the three women in that match have an issue with the Raw champion. So I can't see them having one of those issues go unresolved up into and through WrestleMania. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Charlotte could win it or Becky could win it and then they could lose it at the Rumble and you have a situation where somebody gets jumped and whoever lost the title that night can get back into it. Um,
3: but it's still complicated. This Rumble's the easiest way.
10: This year either.
3: Yeah, sure. like, to me, the Rumble's the easiest way of doing it, though. Right,
10: absolutely, yeah.
3: No, yeah, so that's... Not not bad. Solid picks. Um make sure tell everyone where to follow you. Because once again, I want everyone to follow the amazing fitness journey and you're completely transforming your life. It's, it's amazing to watch.
10: Yeah, hey, I appreciate that, Kale. Um so you can follow me on Instagram. So I have the more fitness page is TBY Fitwell. And my personal page is GM Coleman. Um on Facebook, Greg Coleman. Um also Um, inspired by Kel and Andreas. Um, I joined a group of other wrestling fans who have a site where they kind of post articles and thoughts and predictions like that. Um, It's markoutmoment.com. So I've written a couple pieces up there so far and contributed. But yeah, so I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the shout out and the plugs and giving me the opportunity to do that and discuss my journey and chat some nxt and pro wrestling
3: with you man anytime i appreciate it so much fun um i appreciate you know following the journey and you just communicating with us all the time always letting us know what you think uh definitely check out the writing everyone it's more than worth the follow man greg i appreciate it so much um till it's thanks for coming on all the guests today were amazing every guest it's so appreciated here on the corner and once again we do these shows for you guys, like every week you guys listen, this is your show as much as it is my show, as much as it is old man Andres' show, even though he's cranky. So, <laughs> you know, you guys are why we're here and big plans for 2019. Shit, we're coming up on year five, I think. Like yeah. we're, we're approaching year five of the podcast. Uh, we're a couple episodes away from 200 so, yeah, time flies, but we're doing big things. It's really time to take the podcast to the next level so people start cutting the checks, you know. Hey, hey,
10: man, I'm all
3: for it. Try, trying to get on TV or something, you know. you know. Um, hey. But, no, it's appreciated. Thanks again.
10: Um, yeah, no problem, man. And, and um, you know, thanks to you and Andreas. Um, and just really quickly, because I know you've been at this for a minute, but um, I was listening to the episode where you guys talked about how you got started And then I remember the episode where you had Robert on from BSO and, you know, your message was to, you know, if you're interested in writing, just start writing and you'll be surprised um, how far you'll get just getting into the practice of that, sharing your content. And that was something that really kind of spoke to me and inspired me to kind of start writing a blog and everything like that. So, you know, definitely appreciate both of you guys for sharing your story and your your time like i said it's my favorite podcast
3: man i appreciate it man so much all right so we got one more guest to go coming up next last but definitely not least my boy jamarcus but everyone probably knows him as ciroc obama <laughs> in the twitter <laughs> worlds letting the beard flourish Yes, yeah, right ccog now. i'm telling you man i need i need tips on how to get the the full-fledged beard Andreas makes fun of me. He says, I just got the chin strap, which isn't true. My beard just doesn't grow fluffy. And I just, I need tips and wisdoms from the world on how to get the legit beard going.
11: Man, I did the chin strap in my early 20s, late 20s. I had to put the full beard on. Hey, you got to take care of it. Give it that moisture. Get the comb with it. You can't do it like the chin strap. We just let that rock. We got to actually put some work into this one.
3: See, yeah. See, I got to put time into it. That's rough. I, but I feel like now that I hit 30, I got I to gotta grown man it up and, and really focus on getting the official tissue beard. So that might be yeah. my New Year's resolution.
11: Yeah, but you're going to go through that rough spot where it's going to look a little bad and you're going to want to bring it back to the chin strap. Don't do it.
3: Just got to let it grow through it?
11: Yep. You got hey, to grow through those. It's like the bad days. You got to get through it.
3: <laughs> it's like growing out the fro in the late 90s. Yep. Got to get through it. Uh, Nah, man, I I feel like, you know, having you on is great. Uh, Love you being here and love all the support, all the guests today. The full Corner Club showed out in full effect. Um, Man, this is is why we do it each and every week because you guys listen, you guys put in your input and communicate with us on social media and on special times like this when you guys get to be on the show. We covered so much today in today's episode, we didn't touch boxing. So we're going to get into that right now. Canelo's fighting this weekend, taking the fight, first fight in Madison Square Garden, leaving Las Vegas, which has kind of become his home, um, taking his third fight of the year. Ditching pay-per-view. How do you see this in the move to the zone working out for Canelo? Is he going to be the trailblazer that, that kind of leaves that, that has to be on pay-per-view Floyd Money Mayweather model in the past? Or do you think this is just the latest fad and, and boxing will always be boxing? You always have to be a pay-per-view star to win.
11: I think this is life now because like nothing's, you know, pay-per-view work with cable. Now that everybody's going to this streaming service, that streaming service, being able to be a part of a streaming service is going to be huge. So I think Canelo's definitely, I didn't think he'd be the poster child for it, but he's definitely on his way to setting uh, trailblazing on that one. Because he's going to be the first guy that really is featured on a streaming service.
3: Yeah, I mean, getting to watch Canelo fights, my my grandma um, hasn't paid for a pay-per-view in a long time. You know, I got I got my way trying to hook grandma up. But um, she's hyped because I got her to zone and she loves it. Now she gets to watch Canelo. She gets to watch um, Anthony Joshua. All of these guys fight for, for $5 a month.
11: Yeah, and you know, you think about that. Like, I think it will be the first. I'm really surprised PBC hadn't done it yet. I thought they'd be first. To go to a streaming service with their fights since they have so many fighters, yeah. Like so, I'm interested to see what the zone does with their roster and like, cause you got to build it. Like we're not just gonna pay five bucks a month and wait every four or five months for a Canelo fight. So I'm interested to really see how they how they sell this product when Canelo isn't fighting on the card.
3: Yeah, it's my grandma watches the small ones, right? So she watches like if if it's on, she's watching it. That's the reason why I'm into boxing. The reason why i'm into combat sports you know it all starts and ends with her so she's she's here for it she doesn't care who's fighting she just loves the fight. um i i just wonder how many people are like that and it seems like in canada overseas they they have more they have wrestling they have uh regular sports so they carry like the nba or something um in china and canada and all this stuff it's what can they offer here in the us that makes it special that makes it that next streaming service and you know, kind of takes us away from ESPN Plus. Or, yeah. you know, I already got Netflix, New Japan, WWE, Hulu. Like, I, I I cut the cord. I don't got cable. I just got Wi-Fi. But, you know, these streaming services are starting to stack up. Disney's yeah, like, about to yeah, buy one.
11: Are we saving any money? You know, we all went to cut the cord because we were tired of paying cable. But by the time you finish adding up this streaming service, that streaming service, man, we're right back up to what we were paying.
7: Yeah, yeah
3: uh <laughs> that's what's so crazy i felt so good like seeing my my cable bill drop to just wi-fi but now if you add in all the streaming services it's like i'm paying the exact same thing i used to pay for direct tv and complain yeah but it feels
11: better like it just it feels like my choice so it's like it does because i can
3: share these with some other people be like yo let me get your hulu login i'll give you my netflix let's try to cut these in half my man
11: i feel you i feel you but
3: what do you think of the fight though the fight itself, I, I mean Canelo is not an easy opponent. Canelo's moving up again. Like this is a guy who was just fighting 154 a year and a half ago. He's at 168 pounds. Like we're we're getting into just Andre Ward territory. Damn near, you know? Like it, it he's getting up there in weight. I understand he's trying to get all these belts. Um they're they're trying to pick the best fights for him that makes sense. Um when you are three division, four division champion, it sounds better. But sooner or later the risk is going to catch up to him. Like sooner or later he has to fight a Charlo if they can co-brand that with PBC or you know a Billy Joe Saunders or you might have to face you know triple G again. What what if that decision goes the wrong way? Like He's in such a tough spot, such a tough division that that it's it's a weird place. I don't think he trips up this fight. I think he does well. It's not going to be the blowout showcase fight that many people think it is. But it really, we're going to see Canelo tested, fight in and fight out from here on out. He's not going to be the bigger guy anymore.
11: Yeah, I don't know if this guy goes seven with Canelo. Like, this feels strategic. I feel like, they, like this feels real strategic after those two Triple G fights. Like, hey, look. We need one we could just go put away. And like, See, I don't even you know, know if he gets the knockout in this one. Yeah, I'm going with the knockout. Like, I just, you look at it, like, it all sets up. The first stream, like, they picked this strategically. I don't believe they put him in the ring with a guy who could really hurt him.
3: No, no, no. <laughs> There's some people at 160 right now that could really hurt him. He's not fighting any of them.
11: Yeah, so, like, this one feels like one of them washed. Welcome to the zone. Canelo's here. But man, you're like, Canelo's done what we've asked. He's got fifty fights on his belt. Like that's a, that's
3: you know, a lot of fights. We, we <laughs>
11: push guys to go fight, like, you cannot knock him for it, but like this one just feels like one that'll be over before we really get comfortable.
3: Yeah, this is this is definitely the showcase setup fight. You gotta justify paying this man, what, seventy mil a year or something crazy. Like, so yo ass better fight three times for the seventy. Cause there's a difference between three fights at seventy and two fights at seventy. So we're we going to put you out there, even if it gets Joe Schmo, if need be. But that third fight, we're going to rake in some money. Um, yeah. We'll we'll see if they do the same with Anthony Joshua when his time comes up. Because it doesn't look like he's landing Wilder or Fury. It looks like those two are headed towards you know a, a rematch and one of the biggest fights in boxing.
11: Yeah, and uh, I feel like Wilder, that draw was the best thing that could have happened for Wilder because it was lost any other way. So it's like, but did he learn anything to make you feel like, hey, the rematch is going to be a fight worth seeing? Uh,
3: yeah. Like, to to me, dropping Fury twice was amazing. And I liked that it was, I scored it a draw. I scored it 113, 113. So I wasn't mad at it being a draw. Um, but seeing the knockdowns, it's like, okay, can he knock him smooth out next time? Because it's not, can he outbox him? Um, yep. it's like, can he catch him with the one that actually puts him out or is Fury the undertaker and always going to get back up? <laughs> like that shit was amazing. And then the next one is, can Fury avoid being caught and do exactly what he did the first time, which is outclass Wilder. But can he avoid the bomb? It's all about the bomb squad. So yeah. that, that's what it is. It's styles make fights and you have one of the best defensive heavyweights we've seen on a very long time. Versus one of the heaviest handed heavyweights we see, Like th- this guy got bought. He's 215 pounds. He's damn near a cruiserweight. <laughs> Dropping bombs at six, seven. Like he touches you a little bit and it's lights out. So there, there's always intrigue in the knockout, you know? So I, I, I like seeing that. Do I want to see one of them test Joshua? Yes, I would love to see Joshua versus, um, I mean, either one really. But uh, Joshua Wilder, I think, is the the money, money fight. But Wilder's increased his profile so much by that one fight with Fury. It's incredible. I I thought he would have taken a 70-30 split fighting Joshua before. He's working himself into 50-50 range.
10: Ooh.
11: I don't know if he worked his way into 50-50. I think I'd honestly like to see Fury Joshua before Wilder.
3: Oh man, I, I yeah, I, it'd be big in Europe, like if you tell me that's in the UK, like it'll do crazy numbers, selfishly I want to see heavyweight boxing back here and, and in Vegas and, and, and see it be the spectacle that it should be, Even though, I mean, listen, O2, all these places in, in England do an amazing job, Pyro, there's entrances, that shit feels like WWE, but I, I, I want to see it, you know, I, I like that it was in Staples and every star in their moms was ringside. That's, yeah, what, like, the common folk are in the UK, here, it was star-studied. I, I like that feel.
11: Yeah, did we open, like, did that fight for me, it made me wonder how good of a boxer is Deontay Wilder. Like, and I worry, like, well, joshua, Joshua's joshua got the power to put him down. So if he goes to that wild swing and that he did a lot of with Fury, I started to think Joshua may end that night earlier, and I'm not sure I want to see that all of a sudden. I feel like Fury may give Joshua the better 12-round fight.
3: I want to see an end. I want blood. I I want to see someone get not smoothed out. And that's the thing with Joshua. Joshua's defense isn't great. Klitschko caught his ass several times. We've seen that with Wilder. Wilder gets caught. Um, He almost got put out. Not this fight, the one, one before. I think it gets Ortiz. Like, it it can happen. Somebody's getting knocked out. That ain't going to the judges. And that's why I want to see it, man. But uh, the the future for heavyweight boxing is great. Uh, Talking about future boxing, we we have a a fight, and welterweight seems like it just keeps getting more and more packed, more and more just, I I don't know, it's crazy. There's always a new name, a new contender. Keith Thurman is back. <laughs> one time is back and says he's ready. Errol Spence is trying to stand on top like he's king. Chill. We but, but then but then we got Terrence Crawford saying, Hold on there, young fella. I I'm out here. But, but been knocking people out left and right. They seem like they're on a the collision course. Still, Mikey Garcia says, you know what? I ain't going down to pick on Lomachenko. I'm coming up. Try to throw yeah, my I, name I in don't the don't ring. Blame Danny Garcia is trying. <laughs> like, who, who's the cream of the crop at Welterweight? Uh, give me Spitz,
11: Porter Crawford as my top three in that order.
3: Ooh. So one time is completely out of the three.
11: He, he wouldn't take a fight. Like, he found every reason not to take a fight. I haven't feel like I hadn't seen him fighting forever to put him in my top three.
3: Wow. Well, I mean, figuring he has a win over number two. But, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm not seen, sure if he I've beats Porter today.
11: I've seen two fights, and I'm not sure right now. You t- Thurman's got
3: to win a fight before I can put him in that conversation. Yeah, I'm not sure if he beats Porter in a rematch. Nope. Porter damn near I've, got him at the end of the first. He gassed at the end of that first fight. And, and I'm not whole sure that Porter
11: gets uh, that Crawford
3: gets Porter. That That's a dog of a fight. And then I mean listen, we got we got Manny Pacquiao on on PVC. We might get Spence Pacquiao. <laughs> There's no way they put him in a ring with Spence. Oh, Manny, Manny, Manny is doing whatever they want him to do, cause somehow, miraculously, Manny's IRS debts are gone. And he I, can I, fight I... in Vegas in the States again. So unless they got a, a magic marker or a magic eraser, like like the Mr. Clean joints. That they just scrubbed his taxes with, somebody put up some nice, nice change to get Mac, uh, Manny out of this debt. So Manny will do whatever they want. If they feed him to EJ, I hope they bring him to Dallas.
11: I hope they bring him to Dallas to let us all watch watch him in Pacquiao in like seven
3: rounds. Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. I already got to go to Dallas for this next fight. Wait, wait. A, like, I'm okay. already in town. Yeah, I know, like, but y'all that's can't
11: home take... home for the rest
5: of us. Y'all, y'all can't
3: take everything. Like, come on. Like, v- Vegas needs love. It's bad enough they keep going to Barclays on me.
11: Love Vegas, don't get me wrong. But if EJ's fighting, we got to come home. Like, the star was crazy that night for a fight that didn't last long.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, right. I like the build. I like saying people, you know, hometown, blah, blah, blah. But... Ah. There's something about Vegas, like something. If if you You'll big time, if you big time, this is this where it is, because you you can sell eighty thousand fifty dollar tickets. Can you send, sell ten thousand one or one k tickets? That's what Vegas Vegas is a spectacle. Vegas, you come here, they they hit the day party, they go to your fight, show up just for the co main and the main, go to Dre's, we partying. You you don't get that at Jerry's World. Jerry's World. I've been to Jerry. Ain't shit around Jerry's World. There's a Papa dose. Yo yo yo! You ain't
11: been here in a while. When was the last time you hear WrestleMania? Yeah. Yo, Texas Live. Like it, Jerry's World's looking real nice here lately. So it's gonna be a good night, March.
3: All right, you listen. I'm I'm holding you to that. Don't you 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 showing me around or something? I need I to have some you. fun next to Jerry's World. Last get time I was there, night. it it was it was a little little sparse. To say the least around Jerry's world. So we need we need to liven it up a bit.
11: Yeah, see, WrestleMania didn't bring out Dallas, Dallas. EJ in the Texas Stadium's gonna bring out Dallas, Dallas. We get in South Dallas this time.
3: See, I can't wait. Can't wait at all for when it's Crawford versus Spence. Cause Crawford's people, the Nebraska folk, they be turning up. His mama be turned up at the fights. You mix that with some real Dallas. Oh boy, we are about to have a weekend. Wherever that fight is, now that po- one's got to go to Vegas. We go oh. to Vegas for that one. Yeah, listen, y'all all co- listen. If that's twenty twenty, we got the we got the stadium now. We only got to do that at T Mobile. You <laughs> want a stadium fight? We put state stadiums ready. Yeah, I think they need to keep them away from each other a little longer. We need this one to build. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're both young enough for it to build. And again, Spence got a lot of a lot of people to run through in PBC. I, I think they feed Pacquiao to him to, to build that name. Because um, Floyd Floyd showed it and Heyman's smart. Like you even if you take a legend out after their prime, the legend's name is still on your resume. Yep. Only so many people got that, that Pacquiao notch in their belt. So you, you take it while the taking's good. And then Keith Thurman, you know, you let him try to go against quarter again, uh, maybe get that, you know, run it back with with Maybe Amir Khan, like give him Amir Khan fight, something like that. And and then you have him meet Spence, those two hash it out. That's the end of 2019. And 2020, whenever it starts to warm up, you you give me Crawford versus Spence, Vegas, Memorial Day weekend. Shit. (laughs) Shit. We killing it. Just black barbecues everywhere. We barbecuing on the strip. People, people, are ro- people are roasting barbecue on the strip. We, we're getting busy if that happens. So that and like, Dallas is
11: coming with sweet tea in hand. Dallas will be there.
3: Ah, don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you can't, can't can't get me on that wave. What a uh, burger and sweet tea coming to be. <laughs> Listen, man. I'll, I'll keep my Shake Shack. Who nah, keep that? Yeah, like you know, we we eat that for free during these fights. I'll, I will uh, stay on my Shake Shack gang right now. Y'all can have the burger and the, the gravy that people told me get the gravy. You got to get the gravy. The gravy had no place anywhere in the thing. I tried to dip fries in the gravy. I tried to drip dip tenders. Nothing worked. We
11: do water burger before the Spence fight in March, and then we going out that night. Listen, That's how it's going. You getting all of South Dallas that night. <laughs>
3: all right, we're doing it. I'm going to be immersed In the experience. I'm going all in, and we're going to see what happens. Uh, We might
11: even get you a tall tee and some leather shorts. We're going to give you like 2005 (laughs) down.
3: Yo, leather shorts. All right, cool. I need to get a bottom grill. This has been my goal for years. Just for my ratchet nights, I just need the bottom joints. Big T,
11: no problem. We'll pull up a big T before the fight. Say no more.
3: Listen, the brand is strong in Dallas. Corner Club is alive
11: and well. CCOG, man, baby. Like since episode one, man, I been rocking with you since them four of the Bros. Don't tell nobody else about the four
3: of the Bros. I was there. <laughs> listen, listen, the four of the Bros. cut the checks for a while. That's that's deep. Those those were the days. We can't do that no more. It's a whole different world checks, now. Got
11: us through college. Cut the checks and got us through college, man. I used to call the homies. Hey, they updated for the Bros. Y'all
3: gotta check <laughs> it out. Yo, I'm telling you, woo, you can't do that in 2018. <laughs> Boy, I would have lost my job everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, nah, let's not stop the bag before someone goes back and, and really pulls up the past. Hey, they pull up your old tweets. It's going to be wild. Oh, I'm scrubbing everything. 20, 2014 and before never happened. Just letting you know. <laughs> the golden age. <angels. laughs> yeah, man, we try to be on ESPN. Can't, can't get caught up in, in that in that wave. Uh, Now, nah, let everybody else know where to find you. It was amazing. This is how we close the show. Fan appreciation is damn near three hours long. Amazing show. This is how you close off. Where do people find you? At Sirac underscore Obama on Twitter. Follow me.
11: Trying to get my followers up. I ain't crossed a thousand followers yet, but it's still good. I follow a thousand people. Same difference. But man, like, appreciate you having me. Shout out to Dre for not being here. Every time Dre not here, I end up winning.
10: Two
6: times
11: <laughs> Corner Club OG. We need hoodies. Just put it on a website so I can buy the CCOG. And hey, man, I appreciate it uh, having the time. Like, say thanks.
3: Not anytime, man. I appreciate having you on. I appreciate having all the guests on today. I can't say it enough. You guys are what makes the show. Um, this is the fun shit I get to do when Andreas is out of town. So, when he's out of town, it's lawless. I do what I want. And these fan appreciation shows are some of my funnest, funnest shows I get to record. So, I want to thank all of you guys. Make sure you guys follow the podcast at the corner, LSN, on all platforms. Me, at Kel Dansby. Andreas isn't here, but follow him at Andreas Hale on everything as well. Next week, we'll be back with a regular show. We're going to wrap up the year with our awards that we do every year. So best fight, you know, best beef, best feud, best albums, everything will come at you the week after that. And, uh yeah, 2019 is going to be a bigger and better year. We're going into year five, almost at show 200. Got a lot of new shit popping off, trying to take the podcast to a new level. So thank you guys for listening. Till next time, we're out.